Yep. All right, so you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. All right, so I'm pretty sure we're live. If you guys in the chat can let us know if we are live, that would be excellent. So uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Techonomics Podcast. I am Chris with the Good Old Gamer YouTube channel. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Paul, from the Not an Apple Fan YouTube channel. And as you guys have noticed, Paul has taken Halloween to an extreme level here today <laughs> by dressing up as Connor from Graphically Challenged and even changing his shed to look just like it. So, Paul, geez, man, you just take Halloween way too seriously. Yeah. Have you, have you ever seen the uh, movie Face Off? <laughs> oh, oh don't tell me you cut connor's face off <laughs> all right so all joking aside i wanted to welcome back connor from graphically challenged he was kind enough to step in paul's out there drinking with daz over uh for his housewarming party today um haven't seen anybody say that we're live yet i'm hoping that we are um but that's what paul is up to and connor this is your fourth visit to the technomics podcast so I think so. Yeah. Third or fourth. I know it's your second time co-hosting, which is awesome. So want to thank you for that. And uh, so we've already kind of started yammering. This has been a pretty big week for tech news. And uh, Alder Lake. Alder Lake is one of the biggest topics right now, obviously. Um, okay, so we are live. They're, they're getting into it now, so it's a little bit delayed. Cool. Um, so Alder Lake's come out. It seems like you either love... Alder Lake or you hate it. Like that's just the dichotomy out here. There's not a lot of people that are like, oh, let's wait and see and this and that. Like it seems like the sensible people are gone. What what's your take? Like, how are you feeling about this? And like what are you seeing out there? Yeah, I don't know. For me, um, honestly, I've been saying since the beginning, I was like, look, guys, it's gonna land somewhere between five and fifteen percent faster because you have to remember that the eleven series um it had a decent ip ipc jump but it was still i think it was like around five percent slower than like the 5800x in gaming still um so even if it got like as high as 15 percent faster that's a 20 percent increase in gaming um but there was a lot of people expecting it to be um beyond 20 percent faster than um the ryzen parts and like anything's possible but realistically uh, that would be a huge jump in the CPU world, especially from Intel. And honestly, from from what I've been told and what I know, um, 10 nanometer was never going to be fantastic. Um, it allows yeah. them to get more density so they can make wider cores so they can finally get up to speed in the multi-core performance. Um, and it will allow them to have faster cores. But if you're waiting for something that's a big jump, you're going to have to wait for Zen 4 and the 7 nanometer chips from Intel. At that point, you are going to see a big jump from both companies. Um, so for me, when I saw you know them showing 13%, right away I was like, hey, actually, that's pretty good because I wasn't expecting more than 15%. Um, it brings them up to speed. You get DDR5, you get PCIe5. So if you're someone who's buying into the platform for the features, uh, and for me who just wants to try out Intel again to you know see how things have changed since the 9900K, um, I think that's interesting, which, and that's which really basically see what they can do past the 6700K. I mean, we've yeah. been basically using that for how many years now? Because it felt like the 11th gen, even though it was a, a departure from their you know original 6700K type of architecture, right. it just wasn't a big enough jump for me to really be interested in. Uh, now I'm, it feels like it is. I mean, I have one right here. There's actually some benefits to it. Like uh, a lot of software just doesn't like Skylake. Nobody talks about this, by the way, but like I ran into like issue after issue after issue with uh, the 10100 on some older games 
the 11 400 not a problem at all so they seem to have fixed a lot of stuff uh, that just doesn't get a lot of coverage i'm hoping alder lake does the same thing but yeah past that i mean it really wasn't any faster than any of those out there uh so we got ourselves a super chat this is from god godzis tv um love the podcast um my question is is it worth upgrading from a 3900x to a 12900k for 1440p gaming connor i'll let you shoot first on that one uh like not really is what i'd say it kind of depends like do you just have money to that you want to blow and you just want to buy something by the way more um, super chats if you are that guy with more money yeah, <laughs> yeah. like if you have money that you want to spend like you want to spend some money you want to buy something and you're mad that you can't buy gps for a good price i mean by all means you're gonna get a big performance jump um if yeah, you're cpu limited um, but like if you have a fast GPU and you're looking for a performance increase, it, it will give you one. Um, but realistically, if you're using something, I'd say like 3060 Ti levels or below, um, which is honestly kind of like nearly 2080 Ti levels or below. Yeah, I would, um, just, I would start there. It yeah, doesn't really it's like it, it'll help a little, but it's not going to make like a huge difference. So yeah, that's up to you, honestly. Yeah, it also depends on what else you're doing with your platform. For example, do you do a lot of multi-threaded uh, workloads? Do you want to use Windows 11? That's that's a big one uh, for me personally. I'm going to wait a year. I always give Microsoft a year to kind of figure their stuff out. Um, so I'd rather not use Windows 11 as my main driver if I can get away with it. If you're using Linux, I think the 12900K would still do well. But then once again you're not going to get the most out of your stuff anyway. So there, there's a lot more factors here. But personally, I think you're probably fine, but it really depends on your GPU, like Connor said. If you have a 3080, 6800 XT or better, and you're like, I want the best, and you know, you're know you willing to be on the bleeding edge of everything, and if you have the funds, yeah. I mean, it's going to be the fastest gaming CPU until January. And honestly, I think Zen 3D will likely still be slower but I think it's going to get close. I think it's going to be close enough that it doesn't matter. I think Zen 3D will beat it in gaming because, um, you know, how I said it was Alder Lake was about 13% faster. Uh, well, that was based on stuff Intel was showing. And as it turns out, and I'm glad I read a bunch of comments and stuff about it before I made a video about it. Um, <laughs> right. Intel did that testing on Windows 11 before Ryzen had its patch. Uh, so what that means is we're probably talking somewhere between 5 and 10% faster realistically on average versus uh, the Ryzen 5950X on the 12900K. Uh, so if you're lucky, um, the 12900K will be 10% faster on average. If you're unlucky, probably closer to 5% on average. So even if it's 10% faster than a 5950X on average, I think AMD's claiming an average performance increase of Zen 3D of 15%. Um, so which, uh, it's... Which, which, as we all know, basically anything that they say cut in half. So I'm really expecting 5 to 8% from Zen 3D realistically uh only under those edge cases will we see the 15 percent. so so uh, i think it won't they'll be really really close it's not going to be like one destroying the other but no i wouldn't be surprised if zen 3d is a little bit like a few percentages faster whether it be like two to five percent i think it's going to be game dependent honestly like uh what, what did they show off age of empires or, or some strategy game where it was like 50 percent faster i think Intel's oh just my gonna, god yeah yeah i think intel is 30 percent <laughs> was it 30 yeah like it was something yeah. crazy and i was just like there are going to be some games that intel is just going to curb stomp amd in and then there's probably going to be a few games that amd curb stomps intel in and this is great because you can't really go wrong 
with either platform. Um, and I think the big thing is, is because you already have, you know, uh, going back to the question here, you have a 3900X, you have the AMD platform. It's probably best to just stick with that. Um, and I guess we could talk about the Alder Lake platform costs. And I think that this is where a lot of the negativity of this comes in, but I think people don't recognize what's happening here. Um, essentially the Z960, this is my take. I haven't done a video on it. I don't know if you talked about this. The Z690 to me is not a mainstream platform. This is somewhere in between HEDT and what we typically think of as a mainstream platform. It is a new category. Um, due to the fact that it has way more PCIe lanes than any other mainstream motherboard. Like you can't compare this to X570 because it's so much more advanced and you can plug in way more peripherals, high-end devices, things like you and I would use, but it's completely useless to most gamers. Yeah, honestly, um, when I started looking at the high-end Z690 boards, like there are some Z690 DDR4 boards. I'm sure they're sold out, but there are some that came in, I believe, around $200. There were a few. Um, so, like, if you were looking for a high-end board at a reasonable price, there may be a couple options for you. Um, but if you're looking for, like, if you want PCIe st 5 storage, you can't get that uh, under, like, I think, three dollars $400. I, I don't um, think you can. From what I heard, the only slot in the system that's getting PCIe 5 is the graphic slot, and it doesn't branch off to any other slot. Even the uh, no. NVMe is 4 I know the you can, NVMe is four. You can actually get some, um, like for example, there there are some because you do technically have twenty lanes from the CPU that are PCIe five. So you can you have sixteen for one graphic slot, um, and then the boards can put as many slots on there as you want, but you only get four more somewhere else. So the really high end boards that are over four hundred dollars, you will see like one uh, one. PCIe 5.0 M.2 slot, um, and then they have actually up to 12 uh, PCIe 4.0 lanes they can yeah. use off of the uh, chipset. Um, so the deal, really yeah. high-end boards do actually allow you to use PCIe 5 storage, and you're getting a ton of lanes for PCIe 4 and 3. Uh, so that's why these boards are super expensive. And unfortunately, guys, um, I think it would be like I'd love to see these boards coming at more reasonable prices, like $250, $300 for the really high-end stuff. Um, but PC gaming has just become a very expensive hobby. It just well, is now. Well, that, like, that's, that, that's one of the things we'll touch on later. Um, I, I want to just kind of stick with this board thing because I think it's really important for people to understand all the features. Uh, I do want somebody in the comment section to double check because I'm pretty sure you only get 16 lanes PCIe 5 off the chip. I'm pretty sure it's only got 16. And then it's four. 20. Well... I don't know. Uh, everything that I saw, I, I was watching a few of the launch videos and uh, they, they said 16 plus four Gen 4 from the chip. We can get that corrected in the chat. Somebody can. Yeah, I'll have to check. But I, I could have sworn I heard I watched a video and they said 20, but I don't know. Uh, and, and, and one I, or the uh, other was wrong. I, yeah, I heard <laughs> conflicting information, so I don't want to be giving out wrong info. So if somebody can get that in the chat there. But uh, regardless, I mean, there's not going to be PCIe Gen 5 NVMEs. Um, let me finish this thought. And then Denver, I'll get to your question. Thank you for the super chat, buddy. Um, anyways, ba basically like what I was saying is like for me, I was thinking about getting a, uh, was it PCIe 4X, you know, uh, capture card, 4K60 capture device. And then I was thinking about doing like putting in a secondary GPU for older gaming. So like this platform right here with all these PCIe lanes, like you just mentioned, 
it, it's just more useful for somebody who actually puts more things in their system than just a GPU. And I, I really do think that the cheaper boards, the H, what the hell are we on now? Like 660 or 670 boards on down. They're going to cut a lot of that stuff out, and that's where a lot of the savings are going to come in. I don't think it's so much the DDR5 that's really pushing up the price. It's really just the fact that this board is more advanced than anything else out there outside of the HEDT platform by a lot. So I really just feel like Intel's making their K-SKUs like somewhere in between HEDT and standard uh, you know, mainstream stuff. So eventually they'll come out and I think it'll only be three or four months. And then, yeah, you'll have your hundred dollar motherboards coming out. Um, getting back to, to Denver. Uh, do y'all think that uh, Zen five and Raptor Lake, I think he means Zen four and Raptor Lake. Cause those will be out next year. Uh, we'll take uh DDR four controller die area and convert it to DDR five to finally allow for uh, three to four channels of needed uh, for, for APUs. So, no, what they're going to do is they're just going to remove that and save the diary and save money. Yeah. I, actually, you're right about the PCIe <clears throat> lanes, by the way. Um, I guess whoever I was watching got it wrong. They're just straight up spread misinformation. So, good thing we got that. Because, yeah, it, it's it's 16 of 5 and 4 of 4. Yeah. Yeah. So, there, let's put it this way. There's also no PCIe 5 devices. Yeah. Um, so, that's why, it's, that's why some boards do have... So, like... It's you can still use those M.2 PCIe 5 slots on the board if you want, because there's no PCIe 5 well, cards out there like uh, graphics cards. And there won't be until 2022. Um, that being said, there's no PCIe SSDs till 2022 either. But if you wanted to run your graphics card at PCIe 4, you could run a PCIe 5 SSD. Yes. Yes. You could absolutely do that. Like get a big raid card that uses 16x and you can cram them in there. Um just kind of shameless plug because Kingston just sent me this. Um, so Kingston, you know, thanks for sending this over. They sent me a two gigabyte PCIe Gen 4 NVMe. Reason why they just sent it over is they just launched it. Um, like this one's 7,300 megabytes per second. It's PS5 capable, all that good stuff. And like these things are still coming out. So like it's going to be a little while before PCIe 5 for NVMe makes sense. Um, but like you said, what's really cool is those extra PCIe 4 lanes I mean, even eight times PCIe 4 is enough to run a 3090 without batting an eyelash. So, yeah, you could totally use the motherboard PCIe lanes and then throw in, like, some crazy uh, RAID setup for NVMe, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and honestly, I think typically the way it's worked in the past with, like, Ryzen CPUs, I might be a little off on this, but I think you typically get, like, 20 uh, straight from the CPU for mm -hmm. PCIe 4, and then you'd get, I think it was either 4 or 8 from the chipset. I, I can't. I honestly can't four. remember. I just remember. I can't remember. Uh, but I just twelve re is a big upgrade. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I, I believe it was four uh, for the higher speed stuff, and then I I know B five fifty uses three, two. Yeah, I like, believe it's it, PCIe three, and I believe B five fifty actually uses PCIe two on some of theirs. So, yeah. So like that. That's the reason why these things cost so much is because it's a monstrous upgrade. That's why I'm saying like this is almost like we're basically getting to HEDT level type stuff here. And with the power requirements, we're at HEDT level. If you think about it, I mean, 250 watts sustained PL2 and uh, good on Intel for not lying to people about this anymore. Um, personally, I, I don't see the big deal about this, but a lot of people are getting upset. I'm like, this is kind of the way Intel has been doing things since what the 9,900 K. If you cranked it to its turbo boost, it was a 200, 250 watts. So 
I, I don't know why this is news for some people. Yeah, I guess Zen 3 had a total of 28 lanes. I'm not entirely sure how they, how much was from the chipset or, or not, but I do know that you got 20 from the CPU, as you always have. Um, I don't know. Maybe they had an additional four for the CPU or if it was all eight from the chipset. But either way, you, you slice it. Alder Lake has an enormous amount of PCIe lanes. Um, and they kind of started pushing that last time, but now you're getting like a lot of really high speed lanes and it's honestly been a long time coming and I wish we would have this in more mainstream boards. I think that would be uh, more fair, but people have shown that they're willing to stomach really high prices. Uh, so you're just, you're getting higher quality components. Um, but in a performance standpoint, you're not really getting a whole lot more. You're just, they're, they're just moving these type of features up into really high end boards with really high end components. Um, and I, I wish they would get bring them down to other boards that you know didn't you know weren't, weren't as expensive, but it's just not going to happen. Not for what? Not until they start really competing really hard, yeah. which kind of are starting to. So it, it could happen. You might see like Zen Four versus um, Raptor Lake or whatever. You might see something like um, you'll start to see more of those PCIe lanes and all that coming back down to boards that are more two three hundred dollars if they become very, very aggressive towards each other. But we'll have to wait and see. I don't I don't necessarily know how that's going to pan out. But yeah, that, that, that's part of the reason why these boards are so expensive right now. People are willing mm -hmm. to pay it, and they're bringing you features that you've never had before. <coughs> PCIe 5, DDR5, tons of lanes, um, the amount of signaling going through these boards, the layers on the PCB, the amount of phases are just completely insane. Um, so it's, it's just, it's these are boards for enthusiast, like class type of people who... Uh, want to build, you know, the most insane computers. Um, and then the the B660 and the DDR4 Z690 boards will be for people who are looking for more reasonable, reasonably priced stuff. Um, and that's kind of just the way things are going to go going forwards. It's just there's been a segment of the PC market that's shown that it's willing to pay a lot of money for parts. So you're yeah. going to start to see stuff that normally they wouldn't bring out to you, but it's not going to be that much better. And they're going to charge a lot for it because people have shown that they're willing to. Well, I mean, it's it's bleeding edge <clears throat> technology. It's going to cost more. It'll filter down eventually. So like all the features that we have on there, let's say two or three years, will probably be on your $100, $150 board. So uh, yeah, it's like uh, whenever I tell people you should just bite the bullet and buy an OLED, you're basically buying tomorrow's technology today. See, did the crappy see... part... Oh, sorry to catch up, but did you see um, they're going on sale for under $1,100 now for the 48-inch C1? Yep. If you go to any one of my videos, if you want to click the link. Buy one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a it's like a thousand bucks or 1090 or something if you want a 48-inch OLED. Yeah. Yeah. But well, like, it's, it's holiday season, boys. Yeah. To put that in perspective, um, the good monitors that you will buy, like if you're someone who's into high-end PC gaming, you're going to buy a good monitor. And those good monitors range from between 700 $1,100. The OLED makes them look like garbage in, in that same price range. Like it's not even close. It's it's in, in no way, shape or form is it even close. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe you'll get slightly brighter brights out of an LCD, um, but it has terrible contrast ratio, uh, terrible to gray to gray response times on the LCDs, ter terrible um, input lag for, on a lot of these high end LCDs, which is shocking considering how, they are, how expensive how they are. How much they charge for them. Yeah. <clears throat> But like even the only thing that even comes close to competing with the C1 is a $3,000 display. Uh, and that thing, I would argue, is still not as good. Yeah, and it's three times the price. So yeah, so OLEDs right now, holiday right. season, there's great pricing. Uh, it's Amazon right now 
48 inch is basically it's like a thousand bucks or, or damn close to it. So if you were on the fence, now's the time to do that. Plus, uh, if you were, you know, wanting to buy a GPU this holiday season, you have some money saved up and don't already have an OLED, it's definitely the way to go. Uh, but where I was going with that is, is you know, you, you got to pay more <laughs> if you want basically the best or next-gen technologies, essentially. Like, OLED's never going to be mainstream. It's going to be completely replaced by micro-LED. But it's going to compete. It's basically what micro-LED is going to be. So if you want that technology today. And same thing goes with these boards. Uh, I mean, everybody forgets that X570, when it came out, I think the average price was $250 for those. Uh, you know, they had four or $500 boards for those as well. Those were not cheap. And B550 took a year to come out. So they had no lower end option for those you were just stuck using b450 in this case it's a little bit more difficult for intel because there is no alternative like there is no uh like you can't use like a b560 and just slap this thing in there so like i can see why where that kind of bugs people but switching it over the cpu prices actually are very very reasonable and that's one of the reasons why i was a little upset that paul wasn't here because turns out i was right on the pricing and yeah. uh well he's <clears throat> usually right i'm usually wrong because i'm more optimistic than him and uh, he's he turns out to be right a lot more here lately. But in this case, uh, the tray pricing is pretty solid. The 12600K is going to be the gaming champion, obviously, of this set. And uh, was it even with these semi scalped prices from these guys, they were available for under $300, which just makes the 5600X just look terrible. Yeah. In fact, the 12600KF is even like what another $20 cheaper or something. Well, all the retailers marked up because they knew people were going to want these. So, like on Newegg, the the KF was two ninety nine, yeah. but I think the tray price is uh, two sixty nine or something like that, or two seventy somewhere around there. And um, eventually, you know, these things are going to start high, and then they're going to eventually go down in the next couple of months. And Intel prices usually what they do is they peak after about three months, and then usually about six months in, they're at or below their tray prices typically. So, yeah, I mean, you're looking at basically what the 3600X cost at launch, you know, that mid $200 range, and you're getting a 10-core CPU now. And if you want to think about it like, well, it's not really 10 cores. Well, it's 6 plus the 4. That's going to be at least as good as a 7-core, if not an 8-core. So, yeah. that that's great. Uh, so, Intel is actually pushing core counts higher at lower price points. So, I'm super impressed with that. Yeah, like the... Like we were saying earlier, the platform cost, if you want all the crazy features, is going to be high. Um, but if you're just trying to get into the platform as cheap as possible with DDR4, it's actually not going to be horrible. It'll be a little more expensive than usual, but you're also getting cheaper CPUs than usual with more with more cores. Um, so overall, I was actually like a little bit impressed with all of it. Like I was like, um, you know, I knew the performance would be a little better, but not like amazing i just for me it was about bringing them up to speed with zen 3 on multi-core and getting a little lead in single threaded um which by the way for apps like photoshop it's actually probably going to crush zen 3 because that single threaded performance um because it doesn't have to worry about latency as much in, in apps like that is actually insane um well, that, but for gaming I'm, it's that's what i'm yeah, saying like in some apps the, the alder lakes just can be so far beyond zen 3 like i said they'll trade blows i think and get well zen 3d and this will it'll probably beat zen 3 across the board compete with zen 3 but like i said there are going to be those edge cases and i think intel's going to have more of those edge cases where it just goes screaming 
And uh, I, I think emulation is going to be really the big spot that I'm interested in seeing tested because single thread is king when it comes to emulation. And can you guys hear my phone? Because normally I throw that thing away. It's like, get out of here. Somebody's trying to yeah. Whatever. Um, but yeah, that single thread performance could be way, way stronger than what we have now, which is great at good pricing. Yeah. Yeah, so like for me, ultimately, I was like, you know, honestly, I'm very happy with this line of CPUs because way better pricing than we thought it might have been. Mm -hmm. um, I At the beginning, I was thinking, like I just was crunching the numbers and I was like, okay, they sell these CPUs based on their gaming performance. I have a feeling it'll be around the price of a 5950X or less. I, I thought they would probably charge less. Um, I thought they'd go for 650 just because I was like, well, it's going to be a little bit faster and single threaded. It's going to lose a little bit by multi-core. Um, so I have a feeling that they'll undercut just a little bit, uh, to try and win back some of that, you know, some, some of that goodwill that they've been throwing away for years and years. So, um, <laughs> right. to me, you know, coming in like, you know, about 50 dollars, is, isn't it like 600 or is it, uh, or is it five, or five well, they're selling or five for 90? like. They're selling for five fifty, or the pre orders were on average. But yeah, I think the trade price is like five ninety nine or something. It's under six hundred. Yeah, because yeah, I think if you try and buy it now, the the retailers are charging like six thirty to six fifty. But I think it's yeah. supposed to be six hundred or less for trade prices. Well, well here's the here's the thing: Intel doesn't do MSRP. I can't even remember the last time they did one. So they just put them out there at you know this is what we're charging the retailer. Is basically what they're telling you. It's like this is how much they're gonna pay for it. And then the retailers can charge whatever they want. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, typically they start high and that lasts for a few months and then it just falls off. So it doesn't take long for it to fall off. Yeah. So but for me, I was like, hey, that pricing is actually pretty dang competitive. Like, yeah, it's mm -hmm. more than you've ever paid for something like that. But um, you've also you also wouldn't normally get 16 cores on a mainstream platform. It's pretty wild. Um, it happens so quick that I, I, I get why they're a little more expensive. I mean, I wish it was cheaper, but it's just not realistic right now. Um, so to get those for those prices, especially like 10 or 12, 600 K and 12, 600 K the prices are actually really great. Um, so I'm, I'm overall pretty satisfied with it. Um, the only thing that's a little annoying is the high platform cost, but yeah. And that'll sort itself once you get the, like I said, the cheaper boards, they'll have less PCIe lanes, the less copper, you know, they don't have to be as thick. It's way cheaper to produce. So yeah, personally, like the shitty part is you need the Z boards. And I think this is where Intel could really save a lot of face as make like the B series boards overclockable as well, because it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to pair a 12600K with a 250 to $300 motherboard. Um, but it makes a lot of sense to pair it with like, a hundred or hundred and fifty dollar motherboard, and if you can get away with that and sacrifice the PCIe lanes, that makes a whole lot more sense for a lot of people. And then obviously we know that they're going to have the uh, the rest of the i5 lineup. They're not going to have the little cores. Obviously, uh, I don't know if you saw that on uh, video cards put it out where it's confirmed. They I think they have like the die shot of it and the die sizes. It's a much smaller die, so they could charge lower prices, but no little cores. So we're expecting six core, twelve thread you know, uh, 12, uh, 400, 12, 500 CPUs. And then obviously they'll have four core eight threads down there. And then those are obviously the chips that you're typically going to pair with something like, you know, uh, an H610 or, you know, the cheaper boards. But I, I really think that they need a middle ground for like the 12600K because it's priced real good and you don't really need that big platform cost. 
in my opinion, for that chip, just to get your overclocking. But realistically, I guess as long as you can turn on PL2, it doesn't really make sense to overclock these things anymore because was it 4.9 gigahertz on the 12900 or 12600K? Yeah, I think it was. I mean, what's your best overclock? It'd be 5, 5.1. So what, what Probably the Probably 5.1, point? yeah. Yeah, but what the hell's the point in that? You know, it's like, <laughs> so I don't know. There's a lot of cool stuff there. I'm pretty interested to see how it all shakes out. Um, let's see here. So speaking of Intel, because uh, Intel is just never going to give AMD a break anymore. And personally, I think they're gunning for them. That's why I use the thumbnail for this video. But uh, Intel came out with their XESS um, sort of demonstration. Was it? it was in uh, Rift Breaker and Hitman? Hitman 3, I think, or I don't know. Did you Honestly, see that one? I didn't see the most recent one, but I saw them demonstrating it a couple times before, and it looked very good, much better than what AMD has. <laughs> well, the interesting part is, is like, uh, at least for me, like once I saw Rip Breaker in there, I'm like, this is, this was, that was one of the FSR like launch titles. Like it looks like Intel specifically targeting AMD sponsored games with XESS. And I think that Intel is just going to swoop right on in and eat AMD's lunch right out of the GPU market over the next couple of years. And I think that that's what they're targeting. I think they want to take over for AMD, take their market share, and then they'll try to tackle NVIDIA, kind of get the foothold and then tackle NVIDIA. That's my guess just from what I was seeing. I want to get your thoughts on this. Yeah, for me, um, Radeon in particular is in a really precarious position because they do have some great engineers working there. Um, but their resources are so limited um, and they're in a precarious position as well, because while I think they're OK for now from like a Taiwan being invaded, like for right now, um, that's a real possibility in the future. I, like we don't know for sure what will happen there, what what countries will do. What about that? Um, but if that does occur and it's a real possibility, um, what is AMD just going to move all over to Samsung, I guess? Like low, in... low flow. I mean, hell, they might even pay Intel. Um, but, yeah. but assuming, let's say that doesn't happen. So we're giving AMD best case scenario instead of worst case scenario. That doesn't it might happen. Not. China just goes, you know what? We're going to go invade somewhere else. And they do that for a while. Okay. Um, even still, I, I just don't, to me, I just don't see Radeon making it. I think AMD with RDNA 2 have burned a lot of bridges with their fan base, with their typical customer base. They haven't won over much of the NVIDIA fan base. They're still losing market share. So they're, they're not producing enough graphics cards in this particular market because to them, it doesn't make sense to even bother selling graphics cards. And I think eventually somebody's going to be like, why are we even wasting our time? You know, they'll probably still make uh, enterprise level cards because they charge a fortune for those things. But consumer level graphics cards... Uh, they're not competing with NVIDIA, obviously, and they're just there. So I think that they've just completely destroyed the brand and the image. And I think Intel smells the blood in the water. And they're like, we're just going to scoop up all these people. And we can just be like, hey, well, now we're the ones offering the best value. We have parity in terms of features. I think they're going to come out with parity with NVIDIA on most features. Probably have something new and different that NVIDIA doesn't even have just to piss in their Cheerios. And these are all things that takes AMD like a long time to get on. Like you said, their software team and their engineers, their engineers are good, but their software engineers, they're just playing catch up all the time. And even when they kind of get there, they're always behind. And the problem now is they're charging similar amounts of money. Like if the 6800 XT was 499, 
and under real market conditions, let's say it was there, or, you know, the 3080 is going for two grand, maybe it's going for like $900, like significantly cheaper than what NVIDIA is selling their stuff for. Um, then it's fine. But they're not doing that. And yeah, I, but they're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So th- there, there's literally no reason in the world to buy an AMD graphics card under regular conditions here. Even if they were like 50 to to $100 cheaper than they are now, and everything was at MSRP, still not good enough. Like, it has to be half. They could only get away with about half the price of NVIDIA at this point in time, in my opinion. Um, because, like I said, the feature parity. And I think Intel knows that. And I, I really do think that they're just going to push them out of the way and offer better better deals and cater to the markets, the sub $300 market that's AMD's bread and butter. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. Ra- Radeon's in a bad spot because... Yeah, they're just so resource limited, and I just don't know if they'll be able to make it. I I really don't. Like they might because they've they've surprised us in the past. They pulled through some really really bad stretches. Um, but I just gotta imagine that AMD's probably looking at Radeon and they're like, "What are we doing? Like we could be selling Epic processors, you know? Like and everybody hates us <laughs> because they you know people used to love Radeon. They really did mm-hmm. because they offered you something. They gave you value." Yes. Radeon doesn't offer you anything anymore. Nope. They don't have the supply. They don't have the top performance. Because, like, yes, the 6900 XT beats the 3090 and 1440p and 1080p. I think it's kind of a wash at 1440p, but it no, like, no, it's, it's, fa- it. It, it, it's a good bit faster at 1440p. It's very clearly the winner at 1440p, but you can continue your thought because I know where you're going with this. But the thing is, if you're someone who's buying a high end graphics card, that's that expensive you're probably playing at 4k because not a lot of people buy these 3090s you know and those who do are probably playing at 4k um because that's where it performs best and Mm -hmm. you probably already had 4k because that's what you were buying into because you're that like super top bleeding edge one percent of the buyers um so it's like, so they don't have, they can't out, all out claim top performance. They don't have enough supply. They're not giving you value. They're behind on software. It's like the only thing they're giving you is better performance per watt, which frankly, unless it's like night and day better, which it, it's, it's you know, significantly better, but it's not like, you know, NVIDIA is drawing 350 watts and they're drawing 100. It's not like that. It's like right. 350 watts versus... 300 or maybe nvidia is more like 380 versus 300 or something you know so like yeah it's better but like realistically as a buyer they're not actually offering you anything anymore nothing there's there's literally no reason whatsoever to buy amd uh because it's it's not even really cheaper anymore either uh because as it turns out uh, the uh, lhr and nvidia's graphics cards had such a huge impact that it kind of made the prices on the, even the secondhand market start to normalize because AMD was giving you better hash rates per watt than the LHR cards were. So they kind of started to even out a little bit now. Bit. Now that they've been like further unlocked, I think NVIDIA is going to start to pull a little bit pricier now again. But it's not like, oh, gee, the 3080 is $2,000. I'll just buy 6800 XT. You're like, oh, yeah, that's like $1,500 too. That's... But I, I, I want to touch on your point about the, the power consumption thing because I'm a big guy that loves I like performance per watt because I prefer smaller cases 
like the smallest form factor I can cram something in, the happier I am. So like I prefer that kind of stuff and I still want it cool and quiet. So if I can get like a single fan card that does the thing, I love it. So to me, that is important, but that really only matters in the sub $300 market, maybe even sub $200 market. Cause we're talking like low profile graphics cards. We're talking fanless graphics cards. We're talking about a market that is completely unserved by either of these guys. And Honestly, like the only other segment that this makes a lot of sense in is mobile, which nobody's selling AMD mobile graphics cards. I went out and bought a laptop uh, a couple months ago. I couldn't find one with an AMD graphics card. And honestly, I didn't want an AMD graphics card in there because the performance per watt doesn't matter. You know what really matters? DLSS, because DLSS works at 1080p. And if you want a very efficient GPU that can push punch like well beyond its, its weight, you need DLSS. Uh, to come on out there because you can get something with like a 3050 in it an rtx 3050 and it'll do 1440p no problem with dlss um there's no amd graphics card at that power level that's going to even touch that and yep. fsr does not work well at that resolution and it really doesn't work well at 1080p which is what you're mostly going to do with something like that uh but you can push high refresh 1080p gaming entry level uh 3050 laptop you can't do that with any AMD card. So the, the power efficiency is basically mitigated by DLSS um, completely. Yeah, because you're getting way more performance DLSS. So like, oh, what about performance per watt? <laughs> you know, like, right. what was that? <laughs> and honestly, um, I don't know if you've had a chance to try this, but have you tried playing uh, the Crisis 2 Remastered yet? No. Um, I, I actually just got a cracked version of Crisis 1 Remastered to test that out. I'm not. I will not buy games on Epic Game Store. Yeah, happen. I, I, I definitely get that. But I, I, I went and bought Crisis Two Remastered on there because I just have like a lot of fond memories playing that on like the Xbox 360 when oh, it was yeah. such a terrible system to be playing that on. But um, playing and and then I did play it on PC eventually with like a, I think it was like a 970 or something at the time. But they have DLSS in that game, and my God, it is the best version of dlss i have ever seen in any title and i've tested them all out it's better than control in my opinion it looks so good i took a native 4k image i turned on dlss to quality couldn't really tell difference at all turned it down to balanced couldn't really tell difference at all turned it down to performance could barely tell a difference like you had i have this 48 inch c1 oled and i'm like getting close <laughs> looking at the pixels like this far away to a 48 inch screen and i'm like it isn't it's it's like a tiny bit softer maybe like yeah i i even in motion i couldn't really tell like realistically i couldn't tell the difference between performance dlss and native 4k that's insane i've yeah. never seen a game handle dlss that well and it might just be because crisis 2 because it's in a city has a lot of uh very um boxy stuff like the the buildings are just very square so that that might well, help but i mean there's a lot of trees and grass like the, there's that too there, there are things that would you know alias and cause issues but it so. shocked me i was like i have never seen ai upsampling up, up of any kind work like this in real time i've never seen anything like this and it, you know i'm going from like i was at like 40 fps or something or 50 fps at native 4k with ray tracing all the way up to the top like every setting on Max, performance yeah. dlss was like yeah, you're at just locked 115, which is the G-Sync lock rate on the C1 OLED. It's just just lock it. Like maybe every once in a while you'll drop to 100. It's like, why would you not use this? And if and if you don't have this, 
like why would i buy your car <laughs> like right. what and, and circling all the way back this is why with uh intel coming like leading they're leading with xess like i've heard more about that than their actual graphics cards like this is the thing that they're selling you on it's not really so much the graphics cards and if let's say their technology is on par with this and they're targeting number one it's gonna be an open standard which means yes it will work on everything which is great and this is actually kind of like fsr it's gonna make everybody's life better which is awesome but Intel's smart enough to know that they're going to make it run better on theirs. Like, you'll get probably an extra 20, 30, whatever percentage, because they'll accelerate it better, of course. Um, but this is going to be, like I said, their key, because they're targeting the AMD games that first implemented FSR, I believe, both of them that they showed off the other day. At least Rift Breaker, for example. And it looks like they're just going to step on in and be like, nah, we're going to just push this FSR crap out of the way put this in there it's going to look better it's going to run better and then they're just going to basically do what nvidia wanted to do with dlss and eventually this will become the standard because it's open and mm -hmm. as long as it runs better on an intel hardware that's another reason not to buy amd right there they're creating another reason not to buy a radeon graphics card yeah, and to be honest with you, until NVIDIA adopts uh, XCSS, because I really do believe this is going to be the one that wins, um, It's what what's going to end up happening is if Intel's able to push this in enough games by launch or shortly after launch, you could be seeing like a three-month revisit on the Intel cards where it's like, oh yeah, you know that card that was more of a 3060 Ti competitor? Well, actually, if you include XCSS because we're going to because it doesn't look any different, basically. Let's say it works that well. Right. Um because it kind of looks like it is. Um, you'd be like, yeah, this is actually more on par on average if we throw in DLSS and XCSS. It's actually more closer to an RTX 3080 on average, <laughs> like across all the games we just tested, because it like works in half the games that are out there or something um, yeah. that we decided to use in our test suite. Um, that that could be a, a realistic possibility. Like they could be with a lower end card on average performance wise competing higher end until these come uh, until NVIDIA specifically adopts something like XCSS, um, they might right away, honestly. I, I wouldn't be surprised if NVIDIA, because um, NVIDIA has dumb. access to some of that. <laughs> yeah, they're not dumb. And they they already have access to a lot of that open source AMD stuff, too. So they might right. adopt it pretty quick if they're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> like, uh, Denver1G1, thank you for the super chat. Um, was it? I've been at uh, 4K since 2016. Uh, DLSS is long overdue. Uh, on a related note, what the fuck happened to good 4K TVs only costing $200 brand new? I honestly don't know because if I'm, you know me, if I'm buying 4K, I'm going to go with the OLED. But uh, I don't know. Black Friday's coming up. Maybe there'll be some deals. I can't say on that one. Um, can't even find a crappy one now for that price. Even supports uh, 1080p uh, 120. So I, I don't know. I'm assuming when it comes to like cheap TVs, I'm betting like the shipping costs and stuff really affect those because like you're talking razor thin margins. So if shipping's doubled, that's probably the majority of the cost of the thing to begin with. So I'm assuming that's why those are more expensive. Um, but yeah, if you've been gaming at 4k since 2016, that's Pascal. Uh, that's pre 1080 Ti. Um, yeah. So anything that can make GPUs run better at 4k. Yeah. You probably really like that. Yeah. For me, I think that 4k, like, if if you can get into 4K on something like an OLED where you don't have to push 144 hertz, you're like if you're if you're pushing 90 hertz on on the OLED, it does feel very good. I think at like 90 hertz and above, it starts to feel very very good on an OLED. Um, to me, the... compared to my one 
44 hertz. I'd say 60 hertz on the OLED looks the image clarity is about on par with one. Yeah, seriously, on this. like the 120 on the OLED, in my opinion, is competitive with most LCDs that are competitive LCDs plus. at 240 hertz and above. That's the level of image quality you're getting. And you're also getting that amount of input lag as well. Like the input lag on these TVs is lower than the majority of LCDs on the market. It's it's up there with those hyper competitive ones, um, because most most of these uh, ones will tell you like, oh, it's one millisecond input lag. That's actually not usually true. There may be a few out there that are kind of close to that. Um, but for the most part, if you're at like five milliseconds or below on input lag, that's like it's really fast and that's kind of where you're at with the oled it's it's around five milliseconds of input lag and it's like 0.1 milliseconds gray to gray or something um which actually smokes everything on the market there is no lcd that exists that gets close to that so that's why you can run like 120 hertz on the oled and get as good or superior image quality than an lcd at 240 which is would, crazy. Yeah, and I would also argue 1080p just looks great because it scales perfectly and you have the AI upscaler in the LG OLEDs and it does a fantastic job. So Yeah, it looks it, better. It, yeah, it looks better than like 1080p. Than like most. On, yeah, than like on this 1080p display, like the 1080p on the OLED looks way nicer. Yeah, it's, it's, it's shockingly good. And so like for me, um, I think 4K is a point where I don't, really see a reason to go beyond 4k like sure you could there would technically be an improvement in image clarity but it would be near unnoticeable depending on the screen size and distance um so for me 4k is kind of like the end game for flat screens there's just I isn't agree. really a good reason to go beyond and until, to be completely until you're hitting like you? 200 inch displays which some people will get but let's be honest most of us are pretty good with the 50 to like 70 80 inch like yeah that, and that's about as big as you, most places are gonna fit yeah even those really big displays it's like okay but do you like do you need 8k on that because are you gonna be standing 10 feet away that seems way too close like right <laughs> i think 4k hits that <clears throat> it's it's that density where like sure you could go higher but you'll literally barely notice it because right. if you go with a bigger screen, you're going to have to keep pushing it back because otherwise you'll get um, eye strain um, because when a screen starts to fill up too much of your field of view, you'll start to get more and more eye strain as you try and focus on it. Um, so like there's an optimal distance, minimum distance that you need to be from certain displays. That's why I had to push the 48 inch further back than a regular monitor. It just can't be that close. It's not realistic. Um, so even though the pixel density is way lower than a 27 inch, it still looks basically like the same density because it's further back and so for me like there's really no good reason to push beyond 4k and in fact i would say that you don't even really need 4k um i think for that being the output resolution it's good but the input resolution doesn't even need to be 4k if you can be doing something like dlss or something like that um the image quality drop off that you get on 4k from using an ai upsampling uh, process like that is so minor that like we don't even need to run native 4k in my opinion so it's like as long as you're outputting that at the end it you don't even need to run it anymore which is good because that means we're just getting all this extra gpu performance um that we don't need to be wasting on basically useless pixels we literally don't need <laughs> right right we, we can use the computational power in a more smart way to get the desired output yeah and circling all the way back on uh you know to intel i think that's why it's smart for them to really be focusing on that technology I think that they understand that that's their way into the GPU market. Like 
NVIDIA does not like the fact that DLSS is great without ray tracing. Like, you can just turn ray tracing off, throw on DLSS, and you get massive performance increase. I don't think that was the goal. I think it was the only possible way to get ray tracing feasible, especially on Turing. Even today, it's really kind of the only way to make it, like, acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a 3090 can't do ray tracing without DLSS at 4K. It's a 4K card. We've already mentioned that. It can't do it, so it needs it. Uh, but I think Intel is going to fully embrace it for what it is, and it's just the performance boost. And if they get it right and they market it right, which Intel, their marketing's hit or miss. They're not AMD where it's almost always bad, and they're, <laughs> and they're not like NVIDIA where it's almost always good. They're kind of in the middle. Uh, but if they get it right, what they'll do is they'll take that uh, the cheap one that they're making, the single fan, the 128 EU model, and then what they'll do is they'll take the XESS and compare it to like a 3090 and then be like, okay, so this is our $200 graphics card that we're selling or whatever. It's going to be $150, $200 and compare it to a 1500 now selling for $3,000 graphics card and be like, and then do the blind test and that kind of stuff. And that that's actually going to be a really strong selling point, I think. Um, so it really just depends how many games they can get it into, I think, at the end of the day. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so the next thing that I want to do, I actually wanted to get your opinion on something after watching your video the other day um, where you were talking about, like, now's a terrible time to buy into PC gaming. Like, I started reading some of your comments, and a lot of people were like, just bought a PC. And it's like, okay. Um, So so what's your take? Do you think uh, it's impossible? Because obviously, Paul and I talk about this a lot. And, you know, it's just the waiting game. Keep what you have. Wait wait until things make more sense and, and stuff like that. Um, and I'm going to tie this in with my last point, which was, does price matter anymore? Because I think those two are related. I, I think that the huge segment of people out there just don't care about the money anymore, but I want to get your take on all this. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like between inflation and the market becoming bigger for PC gaming, like prices are just going to be way higher forever. It's you're never getting a high end card below a thousand dollars again. It's just never happening. Never. Yeah. It's 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 not going to happen. So if you're thinking that the 4090 or the 7900 XT or even the 9900 XT, like, oh, well, if they keep competing, it'll drive down prices. Um, They have no incentive whatsoever to ever drop the top end card below a thousand dollars again. And inflation is just going to continue pushing it higher. So, um, yeah, I mean, like they're making crazy margin on these like they could sell you a 3090 for like a thousand bucks or lower they could, pro- they could probably make a profit selling you for like 800 bucks I-, I mean i'd have to do the math but I- i'm sure they could probably make like honestly a decent margin selling it to you for like under a thousand dollars they could probably still make some amount of money um but like i'm, I'm trying to math it out real quick the cooler is kind of the x factor because that you know i'm just thinking it's expensive the, uh, cooler that, yeah like that, if I'll, I'll say it's a hundred bucks which is way more than what it is but i'll even give it a hundred dollars ram 240 dollars ten dollars a gig even that's a little bit high. Uh, I'll even give the die a hundred dollars, which it's not. So we're highballing it here. So that's two, four fifty PCB and the rest of the components, another hundred bucks. So five hundred and fifty dollars shipping and packaging. Throw another hundred dollars on it, just because. And we know that like I'm way highballing a lot of this here. So what are we at? Six fifty. Yeah, Next. somewhere around there then, yeah. Okay, and then you throw 50% margin on there, and it's 300 bucks. Yeah, they sell it for like $900, $950 with, a, with margin. a 50% margin and and still uh, still do the thing, yeah. So, like, yeah, could they sell it to you for like $700, $800? Yeah, they could. Um, but uh, many people have said, no, 
we we want fifteen hundred. So that price point is here to stay. Like it's it just is. Um, so here's what I think is going to happen with the next gen, though. You're what you're going to see is um, there will be cards for everyone. Um, it's just that if you're someone who's used to buying like seventy class, you're going to be buying sixty class now because things are just getting more expensive. Um, but that being said, you'll still probably get the same jump that you would experience. Like you might buy a forty sixty instead of a forty seventy. Um, but you'll still get like at the same price a 30 plus percent performance jump, even though you're buying a tier lower because it's gonna be a huge performance increase next time. Um, but if you're someone who's looking like, can I get something for a reasonable price? Um, they'll exist. It's just like it's not gonna be that idea of PC gaming that people have fallen in love with. Like the 100 200 graphics card just isn't going to be that mid range card anymore. Uh, it's just not something that's going to happen. So just like, unfortunately, PC gaming has become a very expensive hobby. Like if you want to build a high-end system, you just can't do it for less than $1,000 anymore. It's just not going to be feasible. I, I, guess, I guess my big question, um, <laughs> Paul, so not an Apple fan, just did a super chat. 10 bucks. Thanks for standing in for me, Connor. Uh, here's a beer for you, Chris. Okay. Thank you, <laughs> thank you Paul. Um, so that, that's just kind of funny. It's just, basically you just paid YouTube. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but appreciate it. He just wanted to make sure that we read it though. So, all right. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, buddy. Hope you're having fun. Cause I know you're having some beers over there. Um, but okay. To rephrase my, my question here is, um, do you think that most people that you're seeing, like in your comment sections, I know a lot of our guys, uh, like, cause Paul and I just hammer home, you know, just stick with it, just stick with it, just stick with it. Are you starting to notice that people are just like, they're accepting the fact that things are just going to be ridiculous, probably forever. Um, they'll get a better than they are now, but obviously they're never going back to where they were. And they're just saying the hell with it. We're just going to go ahead and do it. And, and that's really where, you know, does the price even matter anymore? Like, let's say they come out with a 7,900 XT. Let's say it's three times as fast as a 6,900 XT. Let's say they charge $10,000 for it. Do you think that that would matter? As long as there's um, still a $300, $400, $500 graphics card. I'm talking about the top end card. If they just said $10,000, $20,000, $100,000, 1000000 $2,000,000, $5,000,000, 5000000 do you really think that there's even a limit anymore? I mean, I, I think there is an upper limit. Like, you could sell a $10,000 card. There'd be people who would buy it. Uh, you mm -hmm. just wouldn't sell a lot. It just have to be very limited run. Um, I, I think realistically to like make it make sense to produce a gpu like that right now you probably couldn't go much over like three four thousand dollars just because like if you're producing that gpu even if you cut it way down to make the other cards um well it chip, just, that's with just, chip with chiplets you can you can kind of do it you know that's true yeah if they, if they if they do decide to just like throw a bunch more chiplets on it, they could produce like a five to eight thousand dollar card and honestly I think $10,000 is where people would start to be like, no. Like, even people with, like, near unlimited funds, it would be, like, very few people would buy it. Right. Um, so you think but, they're going to stick with the gradual curve? Like, it'll eventually get there because they're on the curve. But they, Yeah, you might eventually actually see some consumer graphics cards, like, in the future start to dip into, like, Five used digits. car car type of prices. <laughs> right. And not, like, old used car, like four year 
old used car like not that old <laughs> like like yeah five, five digits that might actually someday become a reality because as it continues to grow and grow the market becomes bigger you start to let in more people with basically unlimited funds and if there's enough of those people around um they like pe people who have a lot of money don't all like there are some people who frivolously spend it but typically if you have a lot of money um part of the reason why you have a lot of money is because you know how to spend your money well so even those people will have some sort of limit. It'll be higher than everyone else's by a lot. Um, but they're not going to literally just burn all their money because they are yeah, smart. I, <laughs> I, I think the person that really buys into that is the person that doesn't have a lot of money but thinks it's yeah. you. You know, the, the $200,000, $300,000 a year guy. You know, the guy that's not, not making, even that. Well, even $100,000. Let's say one to $500,000 a year. You know, these people think that they're doing well. Um, meanwhile, they don't realize there's people that make like $5 million a day. And it's like, those people are doing well, you're, you're doing okay. Um, so the guy who's making $5 million a day, they don't care. Uh, if they want it, they're just going to buy it. But it, it's the people in that price bracket where it's still expensive for them. But I think that they just surround themselves with luxury. But the problem is I just see so many... Well, it's the internet, so you don't know for sure if these people really do it. But there's a lot of people out there that at least act like that. And it shows just bad consumer behavior, uh, you know, purchasing behavior, just lack of impulse control and things like that. And it just seems to be running more rampant than it used to. Because I remember a non-tech used to do reviews. Basically, if a GPU is over $500, they're like, yeah, this thing is dumb. It exists. It's like 10% faster. It's freaking worthless. Nowadays, we don't get that anymore. Um, the reviews are, it's 10% faster, and if you want the best, you Buy pay it. for it. They really, they really, <laughs> exactly, they really pander to these people. So I'm noticing on both sides of the spectrum, it seems like that that's what's really happening, is they're trying to make people that are doing well, but they're not, they're not well enough off that they should be spending $10,000 on a graphics card type of well. Um, yeah. And just really convincing people that, you know, yeah, you can spend two or three thousand dollars. And for these people, it might be a month's salary for them, you know, uh, two, Remember three. Remember that grand. article? Would no. you want to be on your deathbed looking back, not having experienced ray tracing? Oh, <laughs> Wasn't yeah. That like, what was it? Who did that? Was that, I don't want to misquote, but like, was that Tom's Harper? I might be remembering wrong, but someone. Uh, tell us in the chat. Yeah, I completely forgot who that was. Forgot who wrote that, but it was someone it was at Tom's one of those or, uh, what, what's the other one that's really shitty? Not PC Perspective. Anyways, if you guys remember, let us know in the chat and I'll, I'll read it. Do you out. want to be on your deathbed not having experience ray tracing? Like, is this life or death question? Like, you, you need to buy it now or you'll regret it. Buy a 2080 Ti or die. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bas basically, it's yeah, it's it's the whole marketing, and you see it in everything. Like, they, they it's so ingrained, at least here in our culture, because we're both Americans. I'm not used to talking to another American on the show. Uh, yeah. But it's so ingrained in our culture that the never miss out. Basically, always feed the FOMO. Um, literally we're surrounded by don't miss out. You know, you only go around once YOLO and that sort of crap. And that's like basically around us all the time. And for those of us that just go, nah, I'm good. And like cut that stuff off and, and like know how to set and manage proper expectations. We, we, at least for me, I can't understand that type of mentality. I can't get into that mindset, but it just seems to be becoming more and more and more prevalent. It becomes, uh, I think people are just more susceptible to it today than they used to be probably because of the internet and being surrounded by it even more. But, uh, that's kind of my thought on it. 
what do you think? Well, it's it pays for everyone to have you buy things. So whether it be through affiliate links or because they have their thing sponsored by a company, um, it it just pays everyone all around to push you into buying new products. So when you see someone like us telling you not to buy something, we're actually hurting ourselves by telling you not to buy it because we could give you affiliate links. We could right. make deals with companies or something. By the way, if you're going to buy that OLED, go on one of my videos. I got OLEDs in there. Just <laughs> click on that. Yeah. <laughs> so like, that's why you see, and another reason as to why you'll see these websites and YouTube channels and stuff, um, not pushing back and just saying, just buy it, you know, like, or not just even griping yeah not not griping about prices at all not bringing up anything that's bad about it only talking about the good um is because that gives them a better reception um i i wouldn't necessarily say it makes you get more views it might um but what it does do is you don't get hate when you just talk about the good things about something that's what people want to hear um so yeah. when you talk about flaws that a product has that's when people lose their mind and they harass you and say all kinds of terrible things in the comments, which ever since the uh, pandemic, I've been noticing like because people can't get what they want in the PC community, that has substantially increased. Yeah. Like people are on like a knife's edge of flipping their shit at you. So yeah. uh, people are probably just like, you know what? I don't want to deal with this. So I'm just going to say everything's great all the time. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, and we'll, we'll touch on that here in a sec. Uh, but Denver 1G1, thank you again for the 10 spot. See, personally, I'd rather save you guys money so you can ask questions in the Super Chat and help out that way. That, that's totally awesome. So, Denver, thank you for uh, supporting. Uh, the limiting factor is uh, Enterprise. We've said uh, cards with 50% more power than the uh, top-end consumer card will be worth between uh, 7 to 10K. We're not paying 100K uh, unless the whole server... Uh, unless it's a whole server full of them. So, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, you're kind of making the argument from like the enterprise side. Those guys are actually way tighter on their budgets. Uh, it, it has to have tangible benefits for the money. Uh, I think it's just the, on the consumer side, it's more of an emotional driven thing. It's like, man, I need to have this card. Why? Because my buddy's got one and he's calling me mm -hmm. a pleb. And, you know, I'm going to go buy the extreme model that's twice as much as his and gives me three extra performance. And then I'm just going to, like, shit emoji him, like, every day. And, yeah, I, I just think that as a society, and glo even globally, I think people are just overly emotional and less rational and critical in their thinking. And, uh, yeah, channels like yours and mine, like, we'll, we'll catch shit for it a lot of the time because that that's kind of the goal. Like, I can speak for Paul and myself because – you know, we're on here all the time, but that's kind of our goal is to just get people to go stop, think, and then make your decision. And whatever you do is fine. As long as it makes sense for you. Like I don't tell people out there that spend, uh, you know, like if you buy a 5950 X for gaming, yeah, that's how you made a poor decision, but if you're happy with it, good. I'm glad you're happy. But as long as you recognize that, yes, I did not need this. It would have made sense for me to just get a 5600X because that'll do everything that I want. But I wanted the 5950X because insert reason, doesn't matter what it is. As long as you're happy, that's fine. As long as you recognize, you know, that you didn't really need it type of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in fact, um, so I'm going to uh, slowly be moving my main system onto Alder Lake. First, I'm going to be building one to test out ddr5 and it'll be like live streaming and stuff with it. it's not gonna be my main system i'll have probably have like a camera on it and stuff and we'll be 
doing all kinds of testing on it. Um, but ultimately it will end up being my main system. Um, and I ended up getting a 5950X because when Ryzen was really hard to buy, it was the only thing for whatever reason I saw it for a split second. It was the hardest one to buy, but for whatever reason, for a split second, I found it in stock at MSRP. So I bought it. Um, and I don't even need it. And I make videos. Like, I can tell you this. If you're someone who makes videos and you think you need more than eight cores, you actually really don't. Like, <laughs> it's like there's a few handful of scenarios where you will use it to its potential, but it's like not worth paying for it because of that. Like if I pull up handbrake, it'll max the CPU out and it will cut Which the Which even that's new because we were talking about that because beforehand I couldn't see it really benefiting past 16 threads, but apparently even that's like a brand new thing. Yeah. So like there's a few, you know, select scenarios where, yeah, you, you can even in video, I didn't use the full potential of a 16 core, but I was like, yeah, I didn't need that at all. Like <laughs> I absolutely didn't need that. Um, and so I'm going to be selling that to basically cover the entire cost of the 12900K because it's going to be worth nearly the same amount. Um, but my friend wanted it. And I was like, why do you want it? He, he just plays games. He doesn't do anything at all. He can't. It's not a tax write off for his business. He doesn't produce videos. He doesn't do anything other than game on his PC. I'm like, why do you want it? He's like, well, I just want it because you're upgrading. And I want to upgrade. And I'm like, no, I'm not selling this to you. And he's like, yeah. why not? And I'm like, because it's a waste of your money. It's like 2% faster in gaming than a 5800X. And you will not benefit from the other cores at, at all. And he's like, well, I want it for future proofing. I'm like, that's not a good reason. By no. the time you use all 16 cores, there will be an eight core on the market that destroys it in gaming, even if right. you're using all 16. So I was like, no, I'm not. I refuse to sell this to you. I won't let you buy it. I'm not going to let you waste your money. That's just no. He's like, well, you can give me a deal. I'm like, no, I'm not giving it to you for like $250. Like, I, I need to pay for this 12900K. Right. right. I'm not going to slit my own throat for this. Um, so, Pillowkun, uh, thank you for the super chat. He wanted you to uh, make sure that you test DDR5 versus DDR4 head to head. So, that, that's. Uh, unfor I mean, if, hey, if you want to buy me a DDR4 board, I'll do it. <laughs> but... Well, well, at least throw in a couple bucks. So, uh, was it Paul's going to be giving? Uh, Connor, his share from this. So, you know, we, we can help get him his uh, DDR4 board. <laughs> so if you guys want to do some super chats, we can help get him there so we can make yeah, sure yeah. that you get that head-to-head -head testing. Yeah, we we just need $200. <laughs> I've reached my limit on this build, dude. I've like, oh, I've already sunk way too much money into it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> almost, almost all my discretionary funds for like buying stuff because I built all those systems to do those CPU tests. I've got like five computers for sale. Nobody's buying PCs, by the way. And I'm selling GPUs for half their eBay price. Basically, like it's, you know, the cost of the parts. And then I'm doing the GPU at half and I'm not even charging for the case. So, and people still aren't buying these. So I, I don't know what, I, I don't know if a lot of people are just checking out, but yeah, like all my money is just tied up. Hopefully I'm selling this laptop off and that's, that's a thousand bucks, you know, recovered. Yeah. I'm starting to just get rid of some of my old tech, like that old microphone, old laptop I haven't been using. I'm just getting rid of stuff because I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I don't need all this crap in my like every time I upgrade, I just get rid of whatever I was using. I, you know, I'm not, I just don't like, I know hardware and box like holds onto like, but they must have like a hundred graphics cards at this point. Well, um, but, and I'm but like, they, I cannot afford to do that. <laughs> that yeah, well, is. they also get sampled. So it's not like it's an expense for them. So yeah, you know, exactly. Like, like if I go out, like when I bought the 6700 XT, I did a shit ton of content with it. And then I'm like, all right, we're done. And <laughs> that thing's gone. And, uh, you know, I recovered my cost on that. But, you know, th that's kind of how we have to do it. Uh, the one guy I'm never going to let go because I'm going to be doing a video on this guy. So, you know, <laughs> the, the, the voodoo one, man, that one's sticking around.
Yeah. But, but if you want to get an idea of how DDR4 will perform versus DDR5, um, DDR5 is better than it looks on the package. However, when you're comparing, if you have something crazy like the RAM that I have for DDR4, which is I'm running uh, 3800 megahertz CL14, that will beat DDR5. Will. Like, you're just not going to get that. Like, even if you run 6400 megahertz DDR5, thir- CL36, even if you can get those timings down to like CL30, it's still going to get beat by that DDR4 for a little bit. It, I, it just I, will. It won't be like by a large margin, <laughs> but it, it, it DDR4 will. There may be a few scenarios where DDR5 right away is better, um, but it's going to take some time to mature until DDR5. I, I, I think they'll be kind of close, but DDR4 will more often than not win. Uh, thank you, Cole Meyer. He threw in 10 for your uh, your motherboard there. You, no no comment, but I'm assuming Ooh. he's trying to... <laughs> trying try to get that DDR4 testing. I agree. I, I Well, for gaming, it's not going to matter. Uh, realistically, you can get away with DDR3 still. So, I mean, it, that doesn't really matter that much. And the way that they're trying to change the way that PC games actually access RAM, they're streamlining it to where it's basically going to go to SSD to VRAM. That's what they want to do. They basically want to cut out system RAM entirely. Uh, you can tell that that's kind of the approach that they're starting to try to work on. And, uh, so yeah, the more and more that that goes, the less and less the Ram speed, the Ram timings, less of that's going to matter when it comes to gaming. Now there are plenty of applications out there, specific applications for your own work or, you know, maybe your hobby or whatever, maybe your video editing software. That's where it's going to be like, maybe it'll help out significantly in those areas. But when it comes to gaming, DDR4 is still going to be the way to go probably for the next five years. If you want the best price to performance, uh, buying DDR5 right now is just because you're like, hey, I'm going to buy Alder Lake anyway, and I want this RAM to last until DDR6 comes out. And like I said last week, make sure you get at least a 32 gig kit. I don't care if it's 500 bucks, buy this kit or better. Uh, the 32 gig kit, and then uh, make sure it's uh, 6,400 megahertz uh, or mega transfers. I'm, I'm stuck in the old ways. It, it was megahertz forever. Um, yeah. So, Cole, uh, he threw in another five. I forgot to type the message. Uh, sorry about that, buddy. Um, how many leaks do you uh, do you think are sanctioned or planned uh, by executives to generate hype? That's actually a really good one. So we got uh, a couple more super chats. Uh, let's see. We got John York. Thank you for the 1999. That's for the uh, graphically challenged board fund. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so generating hype with the leaks. Like, uh, I guess we could use, like, uh, and uh, max settings. I'll, we'll get to yours next, your super chat as well. Um, was it uh, Moore's Law? Like, just yesterday, he had the pictures of the uh, uh, Alchemist, the Intel GPUs, and those that came out in a video. How much you want to bet that Intel's like, give it to him? I think that's what Yeah, maybe. Asking. Yeah, I, honestly, I think about probably half the stuff you see. Like, say, like I, a lot of it. I'd say most. <laughs> I'd say most yeah, of like- it is. I think a lot of it's planned. They like to have people like, yeah, let's just send a picture off. <laughs> see, see what happens. Yeah. And, and I think that what they do is they use it as a focus group. I mean, if you think about it, that's all it really is, is they gauge the, the reaction to pricing. They gauge the reaction to performance targets. They gauge reactions to everything. Like, uh, remember, mm-hmm. I did that video well, a while ago when they were putting out that $5,000 3090. You know, 
Like that whole thing is just a trial balloon. <laughs> that entire product is just a trial balloon to see how many people are going to spend five thousand dollars on top level graphics cards. Jokes on them. They should have actually made it, I guess. <laughs> or did they? Did they make <laughs> they it? did. No, remember. no. It, that one was a real. That one was a real product. No, they're the um, ones laughing now. They probably actually sold all of them. <laughs> I bet they did, which is ridiculous. Um, so max settings with the five spot. Uh, the problem is uh, with ten thousand dollar GPUs is games won't take advantage of them. It's true. PC games look better than consoles, uh, but not that much better. I agree. Uh, hardware unboxed on their Q&A today uh, kind of went over the same thing. Realistically, um, most games are going to be designed to run on 1060 and RX 580 level hardware throughout most of this generation because of the Xbox Series S. Um, but then they'll just pull out a display like 4K 240 hertz or something. Yep. They will always they will always make a new carrot. Uh, Connor is 100% mm-hmm. correct. Uh, the next LG OLED that comes out, yeah, it'll be like OLED 240 hertz, and it'll be like three thousand dollars, and be like, "What are you a pleb? You got the 120 hertz model?" And once that again, would that would be a really smooth experience. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> if you could drive 240 hertz, holy cow! Like some old game or something. It would. It would absolutely, yeah, be the best possible experience in the world. But uh, I think micro LED will probably do that though. Oh, excuse me. Um, but yeah, PC games for the most part. Like, I have a hard time. Like, you mentioned Crisis 2 Remastered, and I, just, I mentioned that I play Crisis. Um, on the RX 580, I was getting 40 FPS on medium with ultra textures because I had 8 gigs of RAM on it. But I, I just... Crisis is hard to run. I set it to still. low, so I went from 40 FPS to 120. And I couldn't tell the damn difference. <laughs> I'm like, so my option is I can play at 120 FPS or 40. Like, that's the only difference I'm seeing here. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm gonna uh, choose the 120. <laughs> the the ray tracing in in like can it run crisis settings in the uh, crisis remastered don't make a big difference. Um, it looks it looks nicer when you go from like you know medium to high. Like you'll see shadows at a further distance and more foliage rendering, but it's not like it's not as night and day as you would expect. It, it's not worth triple the performance or you know in, in my opinion and I, I think this is largely due to the fact that vram is getting used up we're getting huge texture sizes even at low settings uh on newer games like medium sized textures now are taking up you know like four and eight gigs and six gigs and you know it's just the extra graphical effects and some people really like that stuff some people really like the ray tracing and all these extra things i turn most of that stuff off i don't like all of the filters and all of the extra shaders and stuff thrown on the screen. I do like LODs, you know, the level of details and that sort of stuff. And, but for the most part, for me, it looks cleaner. I like the cleaner image without all that extra shit. And Honestly, just... um, as you say, like crisis two does a decent job with the uh, ray trace reflections. Um, it's like, if obviously if you're struggling for performance, don't enable it. It's, it's going to hit you pretty hard. Right. Um, but it actually like because you're in a city with a lot of glass, it and actually kind of looked pretty nice. Yeah, like you could see reflections of stuff behind you and stuff. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So I mean, these are like little things that you know. But does it really matter? Is it worth buying? You know, a thousand dollar plus graphics card. <laughs> like I don't know. Th- this is when it becomes subjective. Like to me, it's not. To to you, it is, and to some a lot of other people, it is. So yeah. Like that's... if you can. Like if you can get 120 frames per second with it on, then do it. But if it's between that and 80, like if you're getting 80 FPS with it um, on and 120 with it off, just turn it off. It's yeah. it's way way better to have the frames. 
Well, even that's subjective. Like to me, eight, especially I like on the OLED, you know, 80 is fine, depending on the game once again. So, yeah, so we're kind of kind of got all that. Hey, there's my phone. I was looking for it because uh, pull up the questions. Connor, did you get any questions on your thing? Uh, let's check. Let's see. Right, oh, jeez, so... they just started chatting. Oh. <laughs> Let me look. Okay, so graphically challenged fans, uh, if you haven't watched Technomics Podcast before, this is kind of a recurring theme with Paul's uh, chat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> please don't have conversations in the Q&A areas. Um, I got, like, a ton. <laughs> so uh, let's see. We got uh, – so this is from Marty over here on Discord. Uh, is there much difference uh, between watching SDR content on, on OLED versus LCD? I'd say OLED, just image clarity in general, is just much, much higher. I can probably answer that pretty good, though, because I have on me right now an HDR 1000 LCD display as well as a C1 OLED. So I can literally give you like the side-by-side -side differences. There and so here's the, here's the difference. So... The, this is the PG27UQ I'm talking about. It, it, it can display 1,000 nits of brightness from corner to corner on the display. The entire display can display 1,000 nits. You can't do that on OLED. OLED can max out a little over 800 nits of brightness within a 10% window. Um, when you fill the whole screen, um, depending on how, like depending on the settings that you enable, you can kind of, I think you get around 300 nits like a full screen brightness out of an OLED. In, in fact, it, in some cases, I think it's even less if it's SDR content. Um, so LCDs can get much brighter. But the problem is the PG27UQ um, is an LCD display with only, I think, 384 local dimming zones. So you get a lot of blooming in dark areas where, where it tries to um, control the contrast. Right. So you can get some decent contrast ratios out of a display like that. It's not as, it will never be nearly as good as an OLED. Um, but it, but it also suffers from horrendous bloom around bright objects. So the, the clarity is far worse on a display like that. And in dark scenes, it's going to look much worse on an HDR 1000 display. Now you do have something like the PG 32 UQX, which is, up to HDR like 1500, I think, and it has 2048 local dimming zones. That will look closer to OLED, but it's still not going to be as good. Um, so the main difference you'll see is on a display that can do HDR 1000 or or better. Well, across well he was the actually asking specifically, I, I know you just explained all the HDR stuff. He was asking SDR content. So the HDR factor is taken out. Like which one do you think? Oh, OLED looks much better than SDR. I'll tell you that much. Like it's not even close because oled can give you kind of like a its version of hdr in sdr if you enable it just in the settings well i mean it's perfectly accurate colors let's just perfectly yeah. accurate contrast it, it just looks better but that being said the oled as a monitor it does suffer from auto brightness limiter um so if you bring a really bright image across your screen like a google doc or something it will start to dim it um, so, so there, there are a few things about OLED that, um, aren't necessarily perfect for using as your main display, but like HDR versus HDR LCD will get brighter, um, which can in some instances give you more of that wow pop factor. Um, but just overall OLED has such a better picture that even though like turning from SDR to HDR isn't like, wow, because it already looks really good. Um, <laughs> it's, it, it's just 
always a better consistently better image just all yeah. the time and uh, and much faster <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was gonna say like I, the hdr stuff doesn't really change all of, yeah like it, it just looks way better than, than that's LCD. because um the oleds come by default with like auto hdr enabled sort of so it, it'll take an sdr image and try and make it look hdr already right. so it just already looks really good and honestly i think it's fairly accurate it's not perfect but it's fairly accurate. Like the processor does a pretty decent job. Yeah, the, that that's actually one of the best parts about it. Well, the LG ones, the processor yeah. is amazing inside of there. Uh, did you happen to find a question amongst all the chatting on your your stuff? Let um, no, I didn't. <laughs> they just right. started. They just took it as their cue to start chatting. I guess. Gosh. Well, Mar Marty actually had five parts in this question, so I'll try to. See which ones are most. Uh, this one was actually pretty good. Does not updating Windows, e.g. long-term service release, uh, put you at extra risk security-wise? And this actually ties into another part that he had. Is is Windows Defender good enough, or should you use other security software? You should, oh, Sorry, I, I was like reading a question or I, something. I gotcha. But... Um, so basically, he's asking, like, do you need to update Windows? Um and do you, is Windows Defender good enough? Personally, I don't use anything but Windows Defender, but it, it really depends on your internet use case. I have very limited access with the internet. I do YouTube, um, you know, this kind of stuff, Discord, and then I browse a couple of websites, you know, and that's it. That's it. I, I don't use the internet for anything else. So for me, I don't, I don't need a whole lot of security. I don't need to update Windows. I've disabled my Windows updates. I don't want Windows doing anything that I don't tell it to do. Um, and what I do is I basically wait till there's a build. It's about a year old. It's known to be good. All the fixes are in. And then I'll restore my systems from scratch. I also wipe my system every six months to keep performance at maximum. Um, most people just can't do all that. So it just yeah. kind of depends on your, your tolerance level for what you want to do. But yes, you can get away with just Windows Defender and you can get away with uh, not updating Windows ever if you don't want to, as long as you limit your access to the internet. Um, you're not going to random websites. You don't search Google and click on everything. You'd like look at the website and go, okay, this is a real website. I know it's a real website. I've been to this website. Then you click on it. Now, technically, you're still technically at risk because any website could get hacked and shit could be put into it at any time. But that's super, super rare. Yeah, honestly, I have a kind of a similar process, and I never have used um, any antivirus software because, in my opinion, it's just kind of bloatware. Like, mm -hmm. it, if it helps you and it works, good for you. But for me, it's just bloatware, and it's wasting CPU cycles because I don't have to worry about my system being compromised because um, it's my work computer. I don't download all kinds of random crap on it. I download games. I'll download videos and photos from, like, direct from YouTube, and that's it. Um, because if you're someone who's out there and you're like torrenting a bunch of stuff and you're doing all kinds of crazy downloads and sharing files and this and that, um, you're going to be way, at way higher risk of having right. virus downloaded. I just don't do any of that. So I just, uh, it's not a problem for me at all. And I've just been on the internet long enough to know that you can, you know, put your know what, what looks like fake and what doesn't. And you can, even if you're not sure, you can literally hover your mouse over it and read the URL and it's literally legally they have to put ads somewhere in there. Um, Google forces them to even the shadiest ads. If you hover your mouse over it, it will have to say ad at some somewhere in the URL. It has to. So that sort of stuff will help you avoid, you know, like downloading random adware crap. 
Um, so it's, it's like, like it's like your email. If you're that guy that's prone, it's like, hey, you just won a thousand dollars. I'm clicking on that email. <laughs> yes. First, you should switch to Linux because that's just going to help you out right off the jump. But then you also need added security. But if I'm assuming most people watching this are smart enough and they're not that guy, uh, they have you guys have not sent the check to the Nigerian prince and all that. Sort of <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff. <laughs> you know. So yeah, j- just be careful with it. And I think most of you guys are smart enough, like Cotter just said, just you know what you're getting yourself into and you don't need to be too crazy with security. No. Um, Cause like extra ad or sorry, extra um, virus protection stuff, it'll help. Um, but if you're clicking on everything, you're doomed. Like <laughs> you're going to get a virus. <laughs> like, it, it's just, just, just keep so, a clean image with all your stuff installed on the ready. And yeah. Just and wipe honestly, that thing. I only update windows once every one or two months and I'll typically, if it's a big update, I'll check to make sure it's good to go before I download it. Just and I disable automatic downloads because um, there have been a couple times in the past where I act, I just let it download and boom, it broke something. Like it doesn't happen often on Windows on the uh, retail side of it that you see, um, but it can happen, and I don't want to deal with that. So I, I usually like every one once a month or once every couple months, I'll download whatever updates I've been missing, make sure that they're good to go, and. Um, cause it's just like, you don't need to update windows. Mm-mm. It's like, sometimes it's beneficial, but most times it doesn't like, it'll just be a little bit of security patches here and there, which I think it's good to keep up to date, but it's not like it's if not you miss net. out for a week, you're not going to, your computer isn't going to explode. There's not going to be like some Russian guy, like crawling out from your computer, <laughs> holding right. you hostage. Like it's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's the security side of of stuff is really more for like businesses and stuff out there. Um, But like I said, I only update like once a year, maybe, and it's fine. You know, you know, I also do. um, I tend to completely wipe my windows twice a year too, just because I'll end. There'll be something I like. I try and delete things that I'm done with, but I end up missing stuff and. It ends up becoming becoming a little bit bloated, and you'll get a minor performance deficit from that. And so, I like to just start start fresh every once in a while, and that's why I keep all my important files on like three or four different hard drives backed mm-hmm. up physically. Yep, always have everything backed up, and then you don't have to worry about it. I I actually don't put anything important on my main drive. It's literally well, the only just thing... Windows programs and games, and then like all my stuff is saved elsewhere. Yeah, the only stuff I'll have on there is um I'll have like my B roll and stuff. So I have to, you know, download that every now and then just so that like when I install a new thing of Windows, I just got it all ready to just slap all that, you know, 100 gigabytes of footage back on there. <laughs> right. So that I, if I'm talking about something, I can just go pick through, click well, it, like, drag it in the video. Like, like I told uh, Paul last week, just get you one of these little guys right here. There you go. Just external SSD and you don't even have to worry about it anymore. It's just plug it in. There you go. Especially now with, uh, you know, 10 gigabit per second. It's fast enough. It's fine. Yeah, you can get like 500 megabytes per second speeds through type uh, Type C, no problem. So, like, if you wanted to just have external storage, I was getting I, uh, like, I was, I was getting video. seven 700 megabytes through Type A. So through yeah. C, you, you might even hit gigabyte per second. So yeah, it depends on what gen it is. But like, um, a lot of the stuff I just keep off my computer permanently, just on like cold storage, basically, and then I'll just. If I need to access it, I just have a hard drive bay like sitting next to my computer. I'll slap the drive in, plug in the Type C, drop it in, unplug it. Like, but most of my like just the the B roll that I use very frequently is just I have it oh, on yeah. like my second drive or something. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, so uh, let's let's go on to uh, a guy in PA. He doesn't want to give you a funny question for some reason. He's like, I don't want to <laughs> confuse Connor, so I'm going to stick with the legitimate questions. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the whole hindered Ryzen uh, performance on Windows 11? Conspiracy theories are welcomed. Um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I heard that there's uh, it's patched out already, but haven't seen uh, it's confirmed. Like I said, I have no interest in Windows 11 for a while, but yeah, I heard that it was patched out as well. Um, conspiracy theory. Honestly, I personally think that Windows 11 is pushed 100% by Intel because they knew that they needed uh, major kernel updates to Windows to make Alder Lake and stuff work. Intel probably foot the bill for the majority of this, and they wanted to have those really nice promotional slides. So, yes, I think that it's 100% possible that it is intentional, but, yeah, it would have to be fixed real quick because anybody with half a brain is just going to test Ryzen on Windows 10 anyway and just be like, it's still better. So, yeah, yeah. I think it was just, like, potentially a PR stunt, and uh, Intel is the type of company that would pull that shit. Yeah, it's Intel's proven to be made made many shady moves over the years but um i mean without any direct proof the the most i'll say is it's awfully convenient <laughs> like it's uh, it, if that's that, that's mistake, the pr version of what i just said <laughs> yeah it, like if that's a mistake then that's a really convenient mistake um <laughs> yeah. but i don't i don't know i get i guess we'll never know for sure but i i also with the thing being passed with Ryzen, I think I could be wrong. I'd have to look at it again, but I think it's still technically has worse latencies in Windows 11 by a little bit. I think there's still some work that needs to be done. When new versions of Windows are always junk. That's why I'm like, you should wait a year, wait till they basically come out with their yearly patch update thing, because that's when it's going to run proper. Windows XP was utter trash when it first came out. Every version of Windows, even Windows 7 wasn't that great. It was just good next to Vista. But when it first mm -hmm. came out, it still wasn't that great. It wasn't until Service Pack 1 came out that Windows 7 really kind of started doing its thing. So, yeah, Windows 10, uh, I think most people were still using Windows 7 up until about like three or four years ago. So, you know, like even Windows 10 had its growing pains and it figured it out. So, yeah, I just wouldn't just wouldn't do it for a while, personally. Um, did, yeah, honestly, did, even Windows 10... Um, Back then, I was running SLI when that first came out, and it was a nightmare with SLI. <laughs> it was it was a mess. Um, so a guy in PA, he's got uh, Alder Lake pricing. We already kind of went over that. Um, DIY um, market buyers don't buy one hundred dollars or one hundred CPUs at a time. Blah 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 blah. I think we really talked about Alder Lake. I'm pretty sure I covered most of that. Um, Marty had a, another question. Uh, thought it'd be worth asking. This is the one that we talked about before we got in here. And that was, um, Connor, if you were running the good old gamer channel, uh, what would you do different and vice versa for me? And then he also asked, how did we first meet? So we actually met for the first time when you first co-hosted. I think it was our second or third podcast. Cause I'm like, Paul, I'm trying to set a schedule here and get people used to doing a thing. And, uh, Paul kind of introduced us and, and got Connor on there. And I think that was the first time. Yeah. But uh, to, to the main part. So what would you do differently if you were in charge of my channel? Honestly, I think you're onto something with the uh, fixes and stuff. I think it, it sucks to put them out right away because YouTube treats them as if they're trash. Right. Because uh, your main subscribers won't click on them. But it is so nice to have those videos that just stick around and accumulate views. 
the, I've it's, made it's really nice. So much money off of that Fallout Three Steam yeah. picks. Uh, <laughs> I think th- think that's two hundred thousand views now. Put this in perspective. Normally, a video that we put out dies after like a week. This thing had like maybe two hundred, two thousand views, like something awful. Now it's up to two hundred thousand views. I think it's second most on my channel. And then once I became a GOG affiliate, I put that in there, and I'm like, you can do this and fix your Steam game, or just buy the GOG version that works. And I make like two bucks a day off of that. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, for a video that I made years ago. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty good uh, pretty good take there. Um, yeah, I, I, I like doing those videos. It's just you know I got to find like what's in the meta, what what's uh, really bugging people. You know, like yeah, I really you don't get hate for it either. <laughs> yeah it's like one of the few things you can post about computer I stuff right i don't now know a lot of people were screaming. pissed about my uh my doom fix because they were like id software makes the best stuff ever i'm like this is very clearly a problem i very clearly demonstrated that this is an True. issue and showed you that it was a problem and i showed you how i fixed it but yeah no because uh we have to fanboy over something uh everyone's just angry yeah, everyone's yeah. just angry about something about everything but yeah <laughs> I, I like those videos uh so carlos cruz thank you for the super chat um was it consumers themselves are uh setting ridiculous precedent for future gpu prices i think we could both completely agree on that uh i have plenty of disposable income and can't justify a two thousand dollar uh gpu nah bro hey man well that's because you're watching us and you know we're telling you yeah wait until it makes sense you know um I think Hub today really said it good on their Q and A. If you guys haven't seen that, you should check it out. I love I, I love their Q and I love their Q and As because that's when you get kind of the the the, the real honest part from them because they're a little bit less PR friendly than they are in the review stuff. But basically, they just said it's always about the lowest common denominator on GPU, and they basically admitted that there's no point in buying high end graphics cards. Not really, because games are always going to be made for that like two to three hundred dollar graphics card price point, and we haven't had an upgrade in that in so long that there's almost literally no reason for these super high end stuff. And like what Connor said before, that's where like the higher refresh rate. Remember when there was one forty four hertz, then there was two forty, and then three sixty just magically showed up, and now we have two forty hertz on fourteen forty p, and now we're probably going to get two forty hertz on uh you know. Uh, 4k because they have to artificially make new goals for you guys yeah for for these products but realistically if you just buy a two to three hundred dollar graphics card whenever there's a reasonable enough upgrade there you're always going to be able to play everything that comes out forever yep and um like when displayport 2.0 comes out there is talk of 4k 240 hertz um it will only benefit you if you play competitively you have an outrageous amount of gpu power and the display has to have incredible, like, in, in, not only input lag, but it also has to have, like, um, MP, incredibly low MPRT and gray-to-gray response times. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't have those, and I bet it won't on the first displays, <laughs> um, you're literally wasting your money going beyond, like, 120 hertz. There's a lot of 240 hertz displays out there that have very poor MPRT as well as, which is motion, motion picture response time as well as gray-to-gray response times, um, there's no point buying them uh, because even though you're seeing more frames, it's such a blurry mess Mm -hmm. that it doesn't actually look any better than 140 hertz. So, like, it's actually rare to find a 240 hertz or or 360 hertz display that's actually worth it. There's very few. Like, you probably count them on one hand. 
that are actually like if you're in competitive gaming are actually even worth considering well what i find funny is if you're in competitive gaming where you absolutely need that there's going to be a sponsor that's just going to give it to you <laughs> that probably like, like to me that's my whole point like the people that could actually really benefit from these things they're either going to be bought by their their team or their manager or whatever or they're going to be given to you to promote them it's really hilarious because anybody that actually needs a lot of that stuff never needs to buy it it's just to get other people emotional which is the most hilarious part about the whole thing personally yeah so like the funny thing for me is when people buy like some just garbage 240 hertz display with just the worst response times and they spend all like 800 dollars on it uh or, or even worse buy an rtx 3090 and play like 1080p on it and it's like there's literally no point why did you buy this They're like well, i needed it it's just like no you didn't yeah yeah that's <laughs> it that always goes back to and like i, I face palm a lot when i see that sort of stuff but i i just got to go back to you, you can't fix stupid so to carlos cruz who you know he's got plenty of disposable income and he's like i've got limits it's a smart way to do it and this is probably why you have plenty of disposable income because you don't throw your money away at stupid things and i do thank you for the uh the super chat there so let's see i actually got a few more do you happen to have any on your discord that you found or they just were chatting okay <laughs> that, that's how, that's what they decided to do they, they <laughs> took that as their cue to start talking <laughs> i gotta oh this is denver um so <laughs> it came up as uh feds against guns i'm like who is that <laughs> uh so connor your opinion on all these cashews uh, personally, whenever I'm shopping, I'll grab all these nuts. Okay. So are you a big <laughs> fan of all these nuts? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> I know that's, that's real good. I like that's that. That's a new one. But <laughs> in reality, do, you, do I don't know about the cashews. That was kind of his first thing. I've, I've never actually eaten their branded nuts. I don't know. I, I haven't, I haven't tried those. I, I like, I like some like nuts and stuff, but uh, I don't but know. Not, they don't but not me all, up. all these nuts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess I got one question. It, it, um, Starboy Star don't care in my Discord said I would take a thirty eighty over a girl. <laughs> I think that's where we're at in society at this point. It's like I what mean, men, what girls think men want, what they really want. Well, I mean, if you got that sweet VR headset, thirty eighty gets you the hotter girl. Um, so <laughs> it really depends on how you look at it. You can mine with a graphics card, I guess. <laughs> All right, we're not doing an after hours, so I'm just gonna throw it out here. It's like you can do things with women and make money. They're not quite legal, but I'm just saying that's an option too. <laughs> um, however, um, you know there are uh, many benefits to to uh having a real life well. relationship yeah, I, yeah. I, i'll take it from me a real life relationship will be better than an rtx 3080 <laughs> i mean I, i'm gonna be real honest it depends if how old healthy. you are no, it, depends, no, no, it really depends how old you are if you're in your like early 20s yeah i'd, I'd probably take the 38 to be honest with you um, <laughs> if you're in your late 20s it's time to go for the girl all right and then uh <laughs> feds against guns i love it I, I really like it and he's got like this like like weird looking car as his picture Denver, i like it uh do you think that the 12600 non-k uh will drive the price of the 5700g to under 275 that's a good question i hope so 
I mean, that's all we can really say. I, but... I, I imagine that AMD's gonna have to drop the price of all their CPUs. It's just they're just not competitive at their price. Like, yes, the platform is a little cheaper if you buy, um, especially if you buy like the cheap boards for AMD. You can buy some really cheap boards for AMD, and you won't have mm -hmm. that uh, option for Intel until they get B five sixty out. Um, so yeah, you can build it cheaper altogether. Um, but a lot of people don't look at it that way. They just look at the CPU cost. Um, so. I also think, I think by in, the by the time the twelve six hundred non K comes out, they probably will have some cheaper boards. Yeah, so I think AMD is going to be forced into dropping prices on every single SKU for Zen three. I mean, they were overpriced from day one. They just pushed it too far, in my opinion. Um, but I guess it made sense because they couldn't even make enough of them anyway, so they might as well have cashed in. I guess people well, were just going to buy them no matter what. They were. Just, I mean, people when Zen three came up, people were like screaming and throwing their money at the screen. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, it's a good improvement. It's it's very nice. But like, guys, it's a CPU, and um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I love CPUs too. I like getting excited for tech. But like, um, you're using a GTX 960. You don't need. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, th there is definitely a lot of that going on, and um. Like Connor said, I, I hope that they do. They obviously will have to re reprice structure. Um, 5700 5, G, I would really like to see it about $250. But we might, I mean, if AMD decides to be competitive again, I just don't think that they will. I think AMD got a taste of the big boy life. They were basically uncontested for about a year. And I, I don't think that they're going to, we're not going to see like what they did with the 2700X and drop it down to like $150. That'd be wonderful, though. You see 5,800X is sub $200. That's the easiest way for AMD to just be like, piss off, Intel. There, there's literally nothing Alder Lake can do against that. But I just don't see them doing it. Um, so we have the hollow. I'm guessing that's how you say it. Uh, thank you for the 10 spot. Uh, wow, Paul had some serious plastic surgery and voice modification done. I'm telling you, man, Paul takes Halloween seriously. <laughs> uh, and uh, an idea, uh, do videos on uh, reconditioning. Uh, so like fixing stuff up, thermal paste, clean, et cetera, um, 10 series, uh, RX 580 and Vega. Um, I actually did do a video about that um, a while ago. So did I. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe we should like re-upload and be like, hey, since you can't buy nothing, fix what you got, you know? Yeah. Well, what you could do um, is you can make a community post with like a link to the video and be like, yeah. and you could say that and it'll actually just drive people to watch the because they'll think it's like a new video so they'll just go click on it. it you could actually maybe farm some views that way it's not a bad idea i'd probably have to redo my whole uh what would you call it the seo stuff my seo on some of the older videos aren't so good yeah actually um that's a proven method um if you go back with old videos and redo the <laughs> seo for new stuff uh, you can actually improve it's sometimes you can make a video like start taking off again yeah it is well, possible uh, well, I went through, there was something, I, I was just looking through some old videos. I'm like, this should still be getting me more views. And yeah, I'll go through like, uh, yeah, I, I have a video where I did like a review on an old TV. I got, it was like 800,000 views on it or something. I should go redo the SEO on that and see if I can, cause it's like dead now because it, it was, I don't know, four or five years old and people aren't buying that TV anymore, but maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe other countries or something. If you redo the SEO. Yeah. I mean, hey, yeah, there, there's a lot of cool little tricks. Um, so Denver also said he's got a longer version of that Aldi's joke. Uh, so I'll, I'll read it to you or I'll send it to you on Discord. So apparently there's more to D's nuts or Aldi's nuts. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so I had a couple other questions from some of the guys, but uh, for the most part, that's pretty good. So let's take some. Uh, we can take some from the uh, the chat here. So yeah, let's see what you guys are talking about in the chat. Uh, 1080p, 480 hertz OLED at 25 inch. That's from uh, SK Hijinks. I'm like that. That would be the most absurdly ridiculous thing on the planet. Uh, to be honest with you, I mean OLED is so good at 120 hertz. I would say even if they did make one at 240 hertz, that would be the limit. Like how we were saying 4K is kind of the limit. I'm saying we're already kind of there with the 120 hertz, but you, you, I think most people would agree that there'd be no benefit going past uh, like an OLED at uh, 240 hertz. The the only reason to go past 240 hertz, because I, I agree, I think there's like, once you hit 120 hertz, there definitely does start to be go, become like diminishing returns. But like after 240 hertz, you're really talking dimi- like super diminishing. It's it's so minor, and the display becomes the bottleneck. Honestly, um, I would say your input devices. I mean, you're gonna have more latency yeah. from your mouse to your system than it's yeah. Than once you start like if you're considering buying a really high speed display, first consider buying a one millisecond response mouse because it's cheaper. Um, like you can buy. I have this um it's the what's it the g903 light speed it's a wireless one millisecond response time mouse i think it's like 150 bucks like yeah it's a lot for a mouse but it's a lot cheaper than buying a 800 monitor so um like if that's if you're really concerned about input lag start with your peripherals first because it's cheaper yeah. and then look at your display because that's a much cheaper way of doing it because like if your display is decent input lag um maybe consider just get rid of those peripherals first and resell those buy new peripherals that are really, really low latency. And then uh, w- once you've done that, if you still want lower latency, then you can go. But yeah, once you go past 240 hertz, um, it, there's such diminishing returns that I just don't see for act- practically for gaming that it really matters. Um, bottleneck will be your display. Um, and the bottleneck's going to be your brain. Let's be perfectly frank. Yes, seriously. You. You're the bottleneck at that point. <laughs> so like, I think... I think eventually we will move 4K 240 hertz will become like the holy grail. It'll be like it's the lowest input latency, the highest resolution, micro well, it'll, LED. It'll probably be micro LED instead of yeah, micro I mean, LED, so that you can get you know the blackest blacks and you can push over a thousand nits full screen. Mm-hmm. It'll be like this incredible display that you'll just be like freaking out when you look at it. But um, the only reason you'd ever push past 240 hertz would be basically for like measuring things like if you could get a thousand hertz you it, that's oh, like yeah. nice for like scientific measuring stuff i mean but that's that's more for like really... cameras and stuff like you know, yeah like the three but they already have those three four thousand frame per second i think linus did something with like a ten thousand fps camera yeah it's you know but that's just so this way you can make sure that you so like or whatever i could see game developers buying like a thousand hertz display to work on latency or something i but uh, other than that i just don't yeah it's not like other than scientific purposes it just isn't gonna be like if you went from 240 hertz to a thousand hertz i think you would barely notice it like i think like seriously (laughs) yeah i i highly doubt especially on you know like a you know an oled or a micro led which i'm assuming is gonna be the same thing just with brighter brights uh panel yeah so i think that that's gonna be kind of the limit for displays and i think a lot of companies understand that you know resolutions kind of capped out uh refresh rates pretty much done and i think that's kind of the reason why they're dragging their feet <laughs> because they know once people buy these displays it's like 
uh, then the prices will have to come down because they could launch really expensive, but eventually they have to come down. And yeah. once that happens, once you have a two hundred dollar display that does these things, guess what? There's never going to be a reason to spend yeah. Because I'm thinking on like once we hit micro LED, let's say you can get a micro LED panel. It's four K. It's two forty hertz. It does um, HDR two thousand across the entire display. You can display you can display a white screen that will burn your retinas out. Um, and you can go to all the way to infinite contrast as well. I don't know where you go from there. Do you go for more color accuracy? I guess I don't like. I don't. I don't know, I don't know where... how much more accurate you can get from per pixel. <laughs> I guess accuracy. yeah. Maybe we'll go from like ten bit to twelve bit to fourteen bit panels or something to get like indistinguishably better color. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know. I went from eighteen billion colors to eighteen quadrillion. It's like, yeah, my eyes don't see that good. Yeah. yeah. I, I literally think, like I said, once those become like four or $500 displays for like TVs and, and like, you know, for monitors, they're two or $300. I think, I think the display industry knows that they're kind of out. They're done. You know, They'll probably push something else. It'll be like either some sort of VR type of thing or yeah, know, some sort of like dome thing that you sit in. But a lot of people just aren't. This is the reason why 1080p is going to stick around until that is kind of the case. I think most people are just going to stick with 1080p is because they're like, it's good enough, you know, and I don't think a lot of people want all that. Some people do, and they'll spend a fortune for it, but I just don't see it being a big thing. Um, so we got uh, Bryant, Bryant Allen, uh, Micro Center has 12900K listed at 650. That's why I saw it, Newegg, uh, 12700K for 450, same thing, and uh, 12600K at 350. Uh, New egg had it at 320, so they're they're taking the piss a little bit. Uh, I remember uh, the i5 is now a 10 core and 16 thread beast. Uh, 10 core, 16 threads for 350 dollars. That's a good deal. Um, I agree. I mean, 350 dollars is a bit much, but I'd say like you know, New egg had the the KF for 299, so it was sub 300 dollars. So I think it's pretty good. Whoa, John York <laughs> got a big uh, John York chat. kicking it in. All right, so uh, so GC, thanks for bringing us the uh, Technomics podcast. Closing the loop on the motherboard. Yeah, thank you, buddy. So he he got us the way there. So uh, now you got no excuse. Go hunt down uh -oh. a DDR4. Go hunt down a DDR4 yeah. board, my friend. I'll have to see if I can find one because I do yeah. have. DD I already have really nice DDR4 already. So. I should probably try and get a nice DDR4 board too, to be honest with you. I mean, they're all going to be nice. Like, like we were talking about before, the Z690, just just what it is, is so advanced. Even if you get the cheapest one, it's still got to hit certain ridiculous specs. So, yeah. Um, so, Justin Loftus, also thank you for the five spot. Uh, Chris, have you tested the uh, 11400 internal graphics on Linux? I have not because it was such shit on Windows. I didn't even want to waste my time, to be perfectly honest um does it resolve the intel problem on older games now that is actually a very good question and i should probably do that so good job i will be testing that thank you that's actually a pretty good <laughs> idea for a video i appreciate it okay so now now connor's like man i gotta go find this motherboard let Notes. me look up z690 on new egg real quick because new egg seems to be the only one who has anything right now for some reason other than Micro Center, but I don't have one near me, unfortunately. Um, I got one that's two hours away. If we can get the Chris drives and spends four hours of his life fund for another $200. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's two well, hours each way. And I'm like, eh, I'll do it, though. I'll, I'll do it for you guys. But uh, 
De- definitely need some love for that one. Uh, let's see what else we got in the chat. Uh, Twelve six hundred K. Three nineteen microsender listed. Okay, so like that's what Newegg has it at, and I would assume that they'd have the KF at two ninety nine. There's one. Uh, there's MSI Pro Z six ninety A for uh, two forty pre order on. We got Best Newegg. Buy. Best Buy apparently uh, twelve six hundred K at two ninety nine and two sixty nine on the KF. Now that's the deal. That's the deal right there. Yeah, there you go. Are they like available now? I doubt it. Um, I doubt it. I was able to get a twelve nine hundred K, but it was hard. Like I, I just happened to get lucky. See, I, I, I went the uh, the YouTuber route. I started bugging people. It's like, you know anybody at Intel? You know anybody at Intel? You know anybody yeah. at Intel? <laughs> it did not work out, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, usually people don't like to give up any any uh. Any I don't know. Might have. I don't know. My Kingston rep is is awesome. She she's the best. Like just you know, I'm even wearing the hat, it's a super high quality hat. And she's just the best. She's just like, hey, here's some stuff. Do some fun shit with it. I'm like, oh, I love, yeah. I love you guys. That's that's all I'm really gonna take from people. I'm not gonna do uh, specific yeah, reviews Cor- or nothing. Corsair is helping me get some DDR5, um, so that'll be nice. But because <laughs> it's expensive. <laughs> yeah. Well, like what we were saying, most of our money is all tied up and stuff anyway i did find a ddr4 z690 board 180 bucks as do, rock do it buy probably it now. piece of shit <laughs> like i said it's gonna be good regardless it has to be to meet those pcie specs so i should oh i don't want to buy anything gigabyte anymore <laughs> after their exploding power supplies i'm like yeah i actually well, i actually have power one stages? i have one of their power supplies mine is actually a bronze instead of a gold so it uses yeah. the different capacitors mine works it fine. should be fine yeah, yeah it should be fine but yeah msi has a it looks like a much better one for 220 that's that's the question do i save 40 bucks and get I mean, some i probably I, should just save I the 40 would. bucks just because I'm not gonna be you like using it for a long time, I, I should probably just get the cheapest one they have, basically, as long and as then, it has enough power stages. Well, I mean, it's got ooh hit. nine phase. That that might actually not be enough for a twelve nine hundred k. Nine phases. What well, is it two, like? Two fifty watts. It'll work. I guarantee it'll work. I guarantee it'll um, work. Yeah, let me pull up the calculator. If it's like ninety, if it's like eighty amp stages, eighty times nine. 720 amps i wouldn't do any overclocking on it but it pull it off i mean was it you're gonna be hitting four point five point two just with pl2 so yeah it's fine yeah you're not you're not getting any higher than that anyway i mean maybe 100 megahertz but it's an irrelevant amount of speed yeah well there you go there actually are some reasonably priced ddr4 boards i guess boom you heard it here first boys I thought they'd be over 200, but you can get them under 200. It's just that you like do not overclock on something with nine phases. Well, <laughs> I just I absolutely would not recommend that. I wouldn't recommend overclocking anyway. But uh, actually, that's actually another way that you should pitch it. You know, sub 200 dollar Alder Lake board. So like, there's extra content added benefits to it. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. All right. Yeah, I found so, an MSI one for ten dollars more that might be significantly better. That might be a better option. Well, the, get like a thousand yeah. amps or something instead. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just assuming like you only had the one option, but so it sounds like we got everything squared away here. Um. So 
there's not a whole lot going on in the chat. If you guys have any other last questions for Connor or myself that we can answer for you guys, let's get those going. And uh, then I think we're, we'll wrap this up. Connor's preoccupied. He's buying stuff now. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm like just looking at boards. And, uh, I always get sidetracked with boards. I don't know why, but I have a thing with like motherboards now. <laughs> really? See, I'm, I'm, oh man, I'm the worst when it comes to this stuff. I love just buying the cheapest piece of junk that there is. Like, I want like a one phase because if it's hitting this thing, I will push it to its limits and be like, as long as it's in spec, I'm cool with it. I, I want, want you to do it. But uh, the the board that I am buying for um the main build? DDR5, yeah, is uh. I think you can do like 1800 amps. <laughs> it's so that like, like, what are you going to do LN2 on that? Like even then that's just outrageous. I'm, I'm pretty sure your socket and your wall will explode before you start doing that. <laughs> Especially with the, with the 110 volt. All right. So let's see. No whiplashing from Connor. Uh, all Gigabyte yeah. Z690 Aorus boards have uh 16 plus vcore uh vrm okay so i guess they're all pretty good uh gigabyte z690 mini itx has a 10 so 105 uh amp vrm which is pretty good uh 12600k with ddr4 movo seems the way to go yeah i mean if i was buying alder lake that would absolutely 100 percent be the way to go because yeah you you can use your current memory so you spend no money uh, like Connor just found out the boards are reasonable ish. I'd say 150 would be perfect, but you know, like 180 is okay. And then I found a good one actually, yeah, that you, I would, would recommend. I mean, for the six core, you definitely don't need all the, the crazy power or mm-hmm. nothing. It's not going to pull. I it. found, listen to this, listen to this. <laughs> I just found one for $190. Okay. It's got a 13 phase VRM. Now, I'm not entirely sure if it's like 80 amp or 90 or 105 amp. I'd, I'd have to look into that. Um, but if it's like 90 and above, that's actually giving you over a thousand um, amps of power delivery, which is enough, no problem to run a 12900K um, without getting too hot of VRM temps. Um, and it actually has a PCIe 5 slot on it, <laughs> and it's DDR4. Like that's 190 bucks. It's pretty pro- reasonable, actually. Yeah, that's pretty reasonable. And then obviously the 12600K or K, I'd probably get the KF because the iGPU that they put on these are, uh, as far as I can tell, it's basically what's on Rocket Lake. And trust me, it's trash. So save a few bucks, get the Best Buy one at two hundred and seventy dollars, and he- what what's that one ninety? That's sub five hundred dollars, and you basically have the fastest gaming PC that there is, uh, platform that there is. That's not bad. Yeah, that's really not bad. There's probably yeah. even some really good DDR4 boards too. Like because if DDR4 ends up being faster, it, it may actually be the way to go. <laughs> I think it'll be close enough. It won't matter, even if you yeah you get it. I mean, we want the DDR5 because, well, you know, we can it's get new source. technology. It's new, and we can get source DDR5. But yeah, for yeah, the average person, to me, and it's it'll be fun to mess around with because you'd be like, okay, how does DDR5 behave? It's because right. they're running it at 1.1 volts. I mean, well, what happens if you put 1.35 volts into it? You know, <laughs> like which is what you always do with brand new. Yeah, you you put it to the same voltage as last generation tech. Yep. That that's what I always used to do anyway. Uh let's see. I forgotten USB C fast charging for my PC. Big mistake. Uh I've never actually used USB C for charging. I've only ever really used it for data transfer. And I like it for that because it's just super fast. hmm Yeah, I love USB C. The um the case I bought 
Um, I got a huge discount on it, but I got the Corsair 1000D. It's basically the biggest case you can possibly buy. <laughs> and it has these two type C things on the, on the top. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to love that. Cause then I can just plug in like my external drive and my, um, SD card right, right here. I don't have to reach around to the back. Just, just plug them right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I use the type a on my, uh, you know, NVMe thing. Cause it's just, I'm not reaching around the back. I'm not doing it. It's, it's too no, much of it's, a hassle. It's so annoying. Yeah. Um, so we got, uh, Greg Goodenough. He's got uh, thoughts on RDNA versus, uh, three versus Lovelace. Uh, will NV, I'm guessing NVIDIA be able to battle, uh, chiplets. Um, will it all go to DLSS 3.0? Honestly, I mean, we're so far out from that. I have no idea what's going to happen. All the rumors say that AMD is going to win, but like what we were talking about before, having the fastest GPU isn't good enough anymore. You have to have the best you, you have to offer the best, especially at the price points that these people are yeah. asking. And that means you have to have the best software, the best compatibility, the best features. You have to have the best. Yeah, and if they come out with another DLSS that's even better, then there's no way AMD can compete with that. But I still think that DLSS, like you said, is going to be dead probably by next year. Cause I think it'll be around longer than that because G-Sync was stuck around for a long time too, and that was clearly the losing <laughs> battle. <clears throat> I'm pretty sure uh, Intel will outpay nvidia and uh yeah just i think you'll have xess like alongside dlss i just don't think it'll matter that much yeah Um, well maybe nvidia will be cheeky and like label xess dlss or something like they did with dlss 3.0 is xess (laughs) (laughs) dlss compatible (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's exactly what they'll do i i don't think that they're gonna be able to pull the same bullshit uh, against Intel, because I think no. Intel has a better hook in all these companies than even NVIDIA does, because nobody likes NVIDIA. And they NVIDIA. have lawyers and money. <laughs> well, so, so does NVIDIA. So, I mean... Well, I, AMD I just, didn't, so yeah, that's AMD, why AMD yeah. was like, oh, you want to steal our branding? Just go for it. Like, we can't fight you. <laughs> yeah. Like, what yeah. are we going to do? Throw yeah. the $10,000 we have in the bank? Oh, wait, we don't even have that. <laughs> We're in debt. Yeah, for a, while, for a while there, yeah, towards... Uh, was it right before Polaris hit? I I really do think that yeah they were borrowing money just to. I think they almost died. It. Like they came like. Well, it's three dollars, two like, or three dollars a share. I mean, yeah, you're you're about out of business at that. There's point. talks of them selling the business. There's like rumors going around that they were thinking of like trying to sell it, but they couldn't because of X86. Oh uh, yeah, I can see that being a problem. Uh, so Mike. Uh, Brew zone. Uh, we have question, Chris and Connor, uh, do these DDR boards, uh, also support 5.0 in the, uh, controller so you can upgrade later. Um, well, like I, th- I was just saying, uh, I, um, the one that I looked at, it had, it has PCIe five, like it had it, it, but it's, it's DDR four. Is, is that what he's talking about? I, I don't know. Um, it depends. Like they'll all have PCIe five or be PCIe five compatible because it's on the, the chip um it's just whether or not the board supports it if the board supports it yes now if you're talking about can you use ddr like four boards and then like throw ddr5 in there the answer to that is absolutely no it's like asking if you could throw ddr3 in a ddr4 board does not work that way yeah and it'll be interesting to see i i suppose i'll just i'll build this system on a cardboard box with the ddr4 board and then i'll i'll do some tests on it quick and then when i'm done i'll just pull the cp out and 
throw it in the board that's in the case with the DDR5, and then I'll do tests there. And I mean, if DDR4 smokes DDR5, maybe I'll just use the four board. <laughs> like, if it, if, it, if it, like, I don't think it will. I think it'll be very close. Yeah, I think it'll be negligible. Um, what you should really test is. I know we have primarily gaming channels, but it I guarantee you the difference will be found outside of gaming, and that's where it's going to matter. In gaming, I don't think it's going to make any difference. Uh... Yeah, because the, the thing is, like, the way DDR5 works is that it, it has, like, much better bandwidth than you would think it does. It's it, Like, you can't calculate it the same as DDR4, so, like, even though it looks not good, it actually will behave much better and can send data much quicker and stuff. So even though the latencies are much higher, it it kind of will behave as if they're lower, um, well, th but we, they're we so all... high <laughs> that, that, that it's like, oh, I don't well, know. Well, you can think of that. it uh, from this example. I mean, uh, in GPUs, G6X is way has way more latency than uh, G6. Like, it's just way out there. Like, they're just pushing this thing to the raggedy edge. But in the workloads that GPUs do, it's faster. So, like, there, there's always going to be circumstances where it just doesn't matter a whole lot. Uh, so we got Denver 1G1. Uh, saw a benchmark today between DDR4 and 5. The data looked super suspicious. Yeah, I wouldn't believe anybody I breaking NDAs. Right uh -huh. No. I would not do that. Um, the CPU has PCIe 5. The IMC supports both DDR4 yeah, and 5. Not both on the same board unless uh, they make a dual board. I, I think somebody might do that. Because we It'd always be have that where you have, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just different traces, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it would be, but yeah, usually you have ones like DDR1 to 2. I think I have a board that supports both, um, but that was because it was on the chipset. You could do it, but you'd have two slots for DDR4 and then two slots would be DDR5. The problem is, is people today, like what we were saying, it's a bigger tent over the PC gaming market than there used to be. People today might buy like one stick of DDR5 and throw their DDR4 in there and get pissed because it doesn't work. Because there's a <laughs> lot more people that don't understand this stuff than there was when we went from three to four and, you know, two to three and so on and so forth. Uh, let's see. The Skylake numbers between three and four were negligible. Yep. It'll probably be that way again. It's because like RAM only helps you when you're really at really high frame rates anyway. Um, which, of course, like, you'll see a lot of people just testing this wrong. <laughs> so like I, if I test it, I'll be testing it correctly. Like you, you'll see um, four verse five. I'll do it at like 200 frames a second or something. And I'll be doing like um, bandwidth tests on eight to 64 and latency. And like, just to give you an idea of like what, what's different about them and like when it actually matters and when it doesn't, when it doesn't will be most of the time. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, like if you're a really high re refresh rate gamer, it'll matter. Like if, if you're 240 hertz, if you're that person who bought the 240 hertz monitor with the lowest input latency and lowest response times possible, it it that sort of stuff matters. But will DDR5 actually be faster then? Um, right away, probably not. It, it probably really won't be noticeably any faster. So yeah. So if you need to play CS:GO at 10,000 frames per second. DDR5 is the way to go. I think we're going to wrap it up there. I, I think we kind of covered all the topics this week. I want to thank everybody for their support. We had a good one here. Connor is now buying a DDR4 board because of you guys. So, you know, you guys get to be the change that you want to see. So they really want to do yeah. it, buddy. <laughs> uh, 
And if you want to support the channels even further, Connor's video, uh, his channel is down in the uh, description down below. So if you're not subscribed to his channel, go ahead and do so right now. Don't forget so you can see all the benchmarks yourself. He's going to run all those crazy tests. And if you'd like to support the channels even further, Paul and mine links are down below. You can join over on uh, Discord by becoming a Patreon member or a YouTube member. And you also get the exclusive After Hours Technomics podcast, which we will not be doing this week because I have things to do and we have a special guest on. And I don't want to keep him too much longer. But uh, all right, guys, that's really all I have for you here today. And I will catch you guys in the next video. Yep. <laughs> I think we're...